Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to Season 3, Episode 18 of the Next Dimension Podcast. Your podcast that's all about VR and in the future also quite a bit of AR. I'm super excited about today's show because we have them here. The founders of SideQuest, Shane and Ola. And um, yeah, we're going to hear about their new project. Shane and Ola, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for having us. Wow, I'm I'm excited about this because I wanted to speak with you for a long time and today finally we get to speak with each other. So cool. Also here today, VR flight sim guy Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Seb. It's great to be back on the show again. Yeah, exactly. And here is with us as well, Tatiana from Disco VR. And also SideQuest, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> Tatiana, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh you all should get really pumped up for this show. This is a very special one. This, this is going to be good. And that's why I am doing really well as well. So, yeah, for all of you out there who don't know this podcast, this podcast, as I mentioned, is all about XR. And we are live every Saturday. And, well, if you don't want to watch the live show here on MRTV, you can also listen to this podcast as an audio podcast everywhere where you can find podcasts on Google, on Alexa, Spotify, and so on and so forth. So if you enjoy the show, the best thing that you could do is, well, you could give us a five-star review on Spotify or on iTunes. So why not just get out your iPhone or iPad, find the podcast app, find the Next Dimension podcast, and give us a five-star review so that more people can find this podcast. Today, we have a show that we're going to split into two parts. The first part, the first hour or so, it uh, yeah, deals with our guests, Chain and Aller, SideQuest, and of course, the new social app, Banter. That's the first hour or so. I'm very excited about it. And then in the second part of the show, it is going to be, yeah, um, me and Steve and Tatiana talking about uh, hardware things like, for example, the Pimes Crystal. Tatiana has it there and also um, Steve has received it. And both have, yeah, equal experiences, but also different experiences. So that is going to be really in Ooh. interesting. Cool. I have a very nice um, different headset here. The big screen beyond. It's oh, so I'm small, people can probably one. even not see it. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> super small. Look at this. It's it's incredible. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. And we're also going to talk about the DPVR E4 that Tatiana and me both reviewed. So yeah, it's going to be super exciting. But first of all, let's talk about our weeks. And uh, yeah, I would like to hear from Shane and Ola. So Shane <laughs> and Ola, you are the developers and the founders of SideQuest, an amazing app that has completely revolutionized the Quest and gave so much value to the original Quest. It is completely crazy how your app has yeah, changed the whole um, Quest ecosystem. 
That is fantastic. So congrats to that, first of all. And now you also are introducing a completely new app called Banter, and we will talk about it so much. But first of all, before we get into this, I want to know how does your normal work week look like these days? What are you, what are you guys doing? You, you want to take that one first, Orla? Oh, God, mine's really boring. <laughs> um, well, some of it's fun, right? I look after all the operational side of things. So usually that's the stuff that keeps the business running, like finance and legal and HR and all those kind of scary stuff. But um, yeah, on the other side of it, I get to manage the marketing and community teams. So, um, you know, the last few weeks have been really fun in the ramp up to launching Banter and it's always really high energy and um, really inspiring. So yeah, that's, that's the fun part of my job. So I'm really grateful to have people like Tatiana on the team um, bringing that energy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. Great. And yeah, Shane, how about you? What are you doing <laughs> actually next to inventing all these crazy, amazing things? <laughs> what isn't he doing? Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, tell us. <laughs> a, a lot of work, I guess, is really what's, what's involved, right? But it, it's, it's not, um, it's not as bad as it sounds because it's fun work, right? Because it's yeah. stuff you're passionate about. It's, it's getting to work on your hobby, that, that kind of thing. Right. But, um, we, we have a four day working week at SideQuest, and I think I'm probably one of the few people who, who doesn't adhere to it as much, but, uh, the last few months, um, have been really interesting as we've kind of been digging into, uh, banter banter is definitely a new thing for us. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're a VR company. Um, and we don't, we don't have as many uh, assets, let's say, in VR. Most of our software for the longest time has worked from a PC or from another device. So I think, you know, we're, we're really excited to see how much, you know, Meta has messed up in the whole Metaverse space. And, <laughs> wow. And, that uh, is interesting to hear, man. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think it's fair to say at this point that, uh, you know, some of the recent sort of um, communications from them and, and posturing suggest that they're trying to focus on some other areas like AI and, and so forth. I've seen recent posts from Mark Zuckerberg to, to that effect, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really think, you know, what what Horizon Worlds is, uh, is what the metaverse needs to be. I, I don't think it needs to be this hyper-controlled, hyper-simple sort of thing. So we've kind of gone a different direction uh, with banter. And I think we're, we're trying to appeal to people who, I guess, take themselves a little bit less seriously than that. Okay. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to hear so much more of Banter and the SideQuest origin story and how now you are, you are introducing this new app. Cool. Thank you, Shane Ola, for this first um, short talk. We're going to get back to you. But now I also would like to hear from you, Steve. So, Steve, um, yeah, how has your uh, week been? Yeah, it's been pretty exciting for many reasons. In fact, a lot of stuff I'm doing on the channel at the moment, well, prior to obviously getting the crystal, was related to motion rigs and things like that. Something, a new, a new avenue I've never tried before. So, and it's interesting how so many people are interested in that as a sort of the next step when in VR, because I guess it does make sense that say if you're in a race sim or flight sim, you want to feel that motion alongside the amazing visuals you see in VR. So yeah, it's been great understanding that more and all that's on the channel. Um, so yeah, um, 
it's well to be honest i'd never fly without a motion rig now it's it's that good <laughs> wow it's, it's, it's just amazing um sounds like i want one too <laughs> yeah i oh well i, I remember your two you are out yeah. there somewhere. I want to speak with you. <laughs> <laughs> did you try the Yaw 2, Seb, yeah, on your I videos did. a while I did ago? at CES. It was incredible. So mm. I definitely want one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's just so good. Um, also, in terms of the Variant Aero, there's been a lot of updates to that uh, headset recently, including the DFR update for DCS, which okay, means you've got cool. native dynamic favorited rendering, which brings it up to 90 frames per second all day long if you've got a decent mm. GPU which is just beautiful. That is amazing. In fact, it makes me kind of cry a little bit that we don't have that for MSFS yet. But uh, mm -hmm. it's great to see that that technology is there and to see it working correctly. Finally, seeing you know a headset like the Aero really showcase what it can do. So that's cool. And as obviously, the final thing is I've got the Pimax Crystal this week. It's been one hell of a roller coaster of emotions for me. Mm -hmm. And I will talk about that a bit later on. But uh, yeah, it's been... An amazing time on the channel and so much more stuff coming as well so yeah cool great was great. it the first time you tried crystal now that you received it sorry Tatiana, i didn't quite hear that it was out. it the first time was it the first time you tried crystal now that you received it in your yes i've never tried mm. it prior to uh say the road show and all that kind of thing so it's my first experience gotcha. uh, on on the i think it was like tuesday last uh, this week sorry so it's yeah still quite fresh in my memory and it was, you know, mixed feelings to start with. Um, but Tatiana, it, for you too? <laughs> yeah, things have definitely changed for me. In fact, I've just posted a video of my uh, thoughts about the headset. And we'll get into all that anyway later on. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one, actually. <laughs> Tatiana, yeah, tell us about your, uh, your week. How was it for you? Oh, yeah, I was just listening to Steve thinking like, if you know so so many cool VR attacks there, like y'all catwalk, see, you know, with all that, if I wanted to have all that, I'd have to buy a bigger house just to, to have room yes. <laughs> to store it all whenever I need it. But uh, yeah, you know, since I, I, I do work full time at SideQuest, banter has been a very big part of my life for these past couple of weeks. Oh, cool. And uh, <laughs> that, yeah, we spent a lot of time there. We spent a lot of effort on like promoting it and leading up to a launch. And there's still so much to do because the app is like going to, you know, spinning even more and more people will be joining in, will be given tours. So it's going to be really exciting. Uh, but of course, after hours, uh, it, I, I do back quite a, a lot of like hardware <laughs> waiting to be reviewed. They, we talked about DPVR and Crystal, of course, are also here. Um, I guess we will talk about that later. Yeah, I think that I've just played with the stack more than I actually played just VR for fun um, because many headsets are being released uh, lately and that is quite exciting to see this expanding um, field you know both standalone and PC VR so it, it's definitely kept me busy um, but yeah yeah so that's that's essentially what what I have been doing okay cool cool yeah, so for me, I also did quite a few things. So I had a look at the Big Screen Beyond, which is a very exciting headset. Like uh, it was custom made for my face shape, micro OLED display, pancake lenses, super small, right? It's, it's crazy how small this is compared to 
like a Pimax, for example. Totally different. <laughs> I, I should I should do some uh, AB comparison yes, uh, videos and pictures. It's it's <laughs> it's wow! It's incredible. Yeah, that part. Um, but then, what was really like standing out a lot, actually, here in Germany, um, something really amazing happened. So the the metaverse is not dead yet, <laughs> even though Mark Zuckerberg now looks for a new uh, toy to play with. So it's not dead yet. So here in Germany. We have a huge um, television um, broadcaster, the, the, one of the biggest, called ZDF. And they have shot a whole episode of the, their hit series, Doppelhaushelft, it's called. It's about um, two neighbors living in Ber Berlin, two families living in Berlin. They have shot a whole episode in the, in the metaverse, in VR, with the... With the um, with the actors actually wearing VR headsets and everything happened in VR, actually in a Somnium space. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, a metaverse, right? And that premiered yesterday, so people can watch it now, can download it, and it's like 30 minutes really with live actors in the actual metaverse. So that has been incredible. And well, I, I'm so proud about it because, um, yeah, I, I consulted this TV company. I was there five five days to do that sh shoot with those um, yeah German superstar actors, putting putting them in VR, bringing them to those places in the metaverse, and we had two cameramen there in in VR, obviously everything who filmed everything, and yeah, so cool. Please watch it, and it premiered yesterday. You can stream it. And yeah, it's it's pretty incredible what you can do now already. A whole TV show completely mm -hmm. shot in a metaverse that people can go to now. So everyone can film a movie there, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably this could also happen in Banter, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm looking forward to, to talk with you guys about that part. So yeah, I was excited about it. That was so cool. And it's, yeah, it um, did make quite some waves in, in Germany. It, it reminded me of, um, <laughs> I think I've heard that there were some music videos right. shot in VR chat too, like in, for, kind of see, Japanese experimental stuff. And right. yeah, they just also, shot a music video. So isn't yeah. that kind of compared to, to, probably, to that? <laughs> probably, but well, this was a whole episode. It, it, it's uh, on uh, the live German TV. <laughs> it's great. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Also, Snoop Dogg did something like this, but that was not really with him in VR, I believe. Probably that was animated. Yeah. I remember there being something in VR chat that maybe made it onto one of the big streaming platforms like okay. Netflix or okay. uh, Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. I can't remember it was called We Met in VR, but I can't remember which right. one it was on. But uh, it was multiple episodes, an entire piece featuring life in the metaverse. Cool. So that's interesting. It's definitely yeah. interesting. It's more it's and more of this you're seeing is. TV shows kind of engaging with avatars and all yeah. sorts. I mean, most of the like X Factor kind of style shows are, are starting to experiment with this as well now. In fact, I think one of them, um, wasn't there something uh, American Idol came out with a piece that they did something in VR uh, on that platform Altspace, but I think it, it released a day or two after they unfortunately shut the platform down. Oh no, really? Okay, okay, could be. Yeah, uh... yeah, it's it's interesting. This, um, the show is a comedy show, and uh, they wanted to make a piece about NFTs and the metaverse. And then they just thought, hey, why don't we just do the whole thing in the metaverse? <laughs> and then they approached Great. me and asked me how it can be done. And yeah, then then so it came to fruition. 
and it's a pretty pretty funny episode. Yeah, and it, also in the future, I agree with you, um, Shane. It, it make, in the future, it will make sense to have more and more um, episodes just like this, right? Because it's going to be cheaper and faster, actually, right? You just have to, yeah, record what the actors are actually doing in VR. And then probably in the future, there's going to be face tracking and all this good stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yep. Other than that, I was I just came back from Berlin. I was at a very interesting event from Pico. They invited uh, the the German um, content creators in the VR space, and we heard yeah all interesting new things that they plan for the Pico platform. And I believe Banter is also going to be on Pico. That's right. Oh, cool! That is so cool. Nice. So yeah, lots of people that can check out your app. Yep. So that's for my week. Now, let's get into the exciting part, talking with Shane and Ola about lots of things. Let's first start with your origin story. So actually, you're from Ireland, now living um, in Spain. Yeah, good choice, nice. I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's what the weather is concerned and lots of other things and food. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is fantastic. Um, but tell us, first of all, again, I would like to hear the origin story about side quests. So for all the people out there who have never heard of side quests, so side quest is actually an app store that has nothing to do with Facebook or Meta. So it started as something, uh, yeah, completely, um, yeah, how would you call it? Like um, people wanted to put, put content on the quest, but it was not so easy to do that. It was possible, but it was not really easy. So what you did, you invented SideQuest, which made it super easy, and basically it became this huge um, app store. Did yeah. I summarize that in, a, in the right way, um, um, Ola? Yeah, it's pretty good shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I got it right directly, yeah. Okay, so, so how, did it, how did this happen? How did this come to fruition, Shane? Uh, well, it's interesting. Um, originally, we were building a game at the time. Uh, I guess you could call it similar to banter in that it was, I hate to use the term metaverse. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> so sorry when I said metaverse way too often already today. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been calling it banterverse internally just to avoid using the word. <laughs> it does better. Um, but yeah, I mean, back then we used to call it social VR, right? That was before the, the term got popularized. And um, we, you know, it was our first game. We were pretty ambitious. We submitted it to Oculus. They knocked it down pretty early on. Yeah, like for uh, many other apps and games, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think ours was probably just a, an easier decision to make, right? Because there was lots of other developers way more established than us that were also being rejected. And yeah, I mean, I guess at that point, you're kind of faced with two options. You either give up or you find another way. And yeah, we took a process called side loading and used it to let people put stuff on the quest. So the name side quest kind of fit really well there. Um, and yeah, it just sort of exploded into a content store overnight. You know, we were interacting with a lot of other developers at the time. And as you say, a lot of developers were also being rejected from the store and, uh, yeah, it just, it just sort of exploded and, um, we launched two days after the first Oculus Quest launched. 
Oh, perfect uh, timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when we got Good. rejected, yeah. uh, that was maybe in, in March. And then it was May when it, when it actually released. So in those first three months, we just got the bones of SideQuest off the ground, uh, you know, so it was ready. And um, yeah, it's, it's honestly just been a whirlwind since. It's been trying to hang on for dear life. The community has been in the driving seat on this one now for quite a while. And, and they've been active in telling us what it is they want and need from the device. And, and we've been trying to do our best uh, to sort of open that up uh, as much as we possibly can. And, you know, most recently then working with Meta to try and make that even easier for people, uh, whilst at the same time, you know, working towards supporting developers as they grow across other devices, Pico, uh, uh, other standalone based devices specifically, but uh, yeah, also, also PC VR. Oh. Even PCVR, that's interesting. So, um, Orlar, um, I would like to understand more about um, how your relationship with Meta was in the beginning. So, uh, were they happy that there is like a great app that can help people sideload apps to the Quest? Or were they more like, oh no, we actually don't want that? They were pretty supportive right from oh, really? the beginning. Okay, cool. Um, very open in speaking with us. In fact, from as early as 2019, we were in conversations um, with Facebook, or they weren't Meta yet, right? But they were Facebook right. back then. And um, yeah, over the course of the of the four years that SideQuest has been in existence, we have regular check-ins, um, and that's really just to keep each other abreast of any changes that are coming up that might impact the other, and an opportunity for maybe we need to do something, or they need to do something, or something's broken that can get fixed. So. Um, you know, we've we've been advocates for the device. We've always supported the device. We've always totally. supported their <laughs> ecosystem. Um, and, you know, I think we've done them a huge favor, right? Um, exactly, exactly. Ex that's really, what I think. <laughs> the, the, the curation meant that there was so little content in the first year on Quest 1 that, you know, I don't even know of a million units sold of that device. So there just wasn't enough on it. But when SideQuest came along, you know, it provided this other opportunity in between the very... Um, I guess, long delays between big releases. You, ha you had time to fill the space in with all the co amazing content that was coming to SideQuest. And um, one of the things that I'll say that was particularly special is just that the VR community is so enthusiastic and they actually want to get involved in like the concepts. They want to get involved in the alphas, the betas. They want to play it first, but, you know, before it's even come to the store. Um, and, you know, it's really amazing for SideQuest to be part of that journey and, and help and make those connections for developers with that, you know, awesome community. So that's, that's been the most that's been the driving force, I think, for us, like very community driven, um, very community spirited. I think it's so cool that you said uh, before that the community is in the driver's seat actually for SideQuest. That, that, is, that means something. That is, uh, yeah, wow, that's crazy. So, you know, what I really um, found so fascinating in the beginning of the Quest time was I really wanted to use the, the Quest um, wirelessly for PC VR. And there is virtual desktop, right? And at one point in time, a virtual desktop was not allowed anymore in the Quest Store, in the original Quest Store. And then I was so happy to find out, yes, on SideQuest. It is like officially on SideQuest, right? And was that also like a, an important event for you that people yeah, wanted virtual desktop and found out that it works through um, SideQuest? I think it was... Uh... 
I think it was important for the community, right? Because yeah, at a time yeah, when exactly <laughs> right, <laughs> content was and continues to this day to be the biggest barrier to entry in VR, right? We need more content. We've always needed more content. And what Geek Garden did was he opened up a wealth of content to those that had the yes. hardware. You know, you could access everything that was already set up on Steam. And you know, at the time, uh, that was a lot. That was a big deal. And you know, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think he got a good rap in the end. You know, the timeline of events and how everything kind of went down. I remember. Um, I remember just prior to him being accepted onto the main store. Uh, you know. Um, you know, there was talk about you know how you couldn't do this uh, with with uh, Link and so forth at the time because Airlink didn't exist back then. And, uh, you know, Boz, uh, CTO of, of Meta, uh, recommended that people use virtual desktop if they wanted a wireless connection, you know, and, and it seemed mm -hmm. like things were, were going well and, and that might, you know, they might sort of turn, turn their uh, uh, tide on, you know, how they, how they view that sort of thing. And then they allowed Guy to release on the store, but unfortunately released Airlink about 30 days later. Which, yeah, which is free. Yeah, free against which, $30. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I think uh, Virtual Desktop offers a whole suite, a whole range of new features. I remember when I got to meet Guy in person at OC6, and we had a great chat about the State of the Union. And um, mm. yeah, I've got all the respect for him in the world. You know, I think he's a hero out there. He's one of the many Same. indies who are just sort of uh, holding up, propping up this whole thing and making sure that we get the absolute best. And I was really excited recently to see, and some people mentioned it in the chat, about uh, his recent partnership with uh, Qualcomm and uh, and uh, yeah, leveraging kind of their uh, super resolution technology with virtual desktop to be able to bring uh, just even finer uh, quality of streaming to any XR2 based headsets. So yeah, Guy, if you do see this, uh, thumbs up from me, really good job on that. Keep pushing forward. Uh, you know, there's going to be a number of headsets here that your technology is going to really, really be useful on. And, and also, uh, just one last thing. He uh, just announced he's, he's releasing it on all the, the Vive standalone headsets too. Oh, yeah. Wow, this this is fantastic. Yeah, Guy does watch this show, so I'm sure that Guy is going to uh, listen to that at uh, one point in time. So also, best greetings here from me. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, Ola, we have also just heard that you also want to support um, PC VR. So what is the long-term goal for SideQuest? Do you want to make it the um, app store for VR that would compete against, like um, the 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 many the many app stores from from Pico from from Quest or or against Steam? What is the what is your goal? Or do you want to become the yeah the OpenXR store? And that is what I hope. <laughs> I think we want to remain developer friendly and user friendly. Um, uh, you know, I think it's really important that users can protect their libraries. And I think it's really important that um, developers can have access to a wide range of devices. So it is our intent to remain platform agnostic and to support future devices where we can and support developers on those devices and support users across those devices as well. Um, as far as like the bigger plans, I think there's still a lot that remains to be seen before we can make some big decisions there. Um, Obviously, we're all pretty excited about the Apple headset getting released. We want to see the impact that has, and um, mm -hmm. you know, you know, 
as you guys are aware, there's more headsets now entering the space that are standalone, but the traction maybe isn't just quite there yet with the community. Um, so I think SiteQuest's job is just going to remain present, um, try and help people, help people get on those devices, use those devices to their maximum um, potential, and yeah, to really uh, push Bander as well as the social space across those devices to connect the community and yeah, keep listening and keep hearing what people want. Um, and if that happens to be an open XR store of the future, then I guess, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, that would be my my suggestion. <laughs> but you don't need it, obviously, right? But but uh, it's, it, it sounds like great because I know there's like, yeah, just like you said, lots of new headsets are coming and they all have the problem, hey, which store to put? Yeah, do I make my own now? Or... I do think I it's like, bizarre. Uh, do, I work, isn't it? do I work together with you? <laughs> I do think it's bizarre that at this early stage of VR, and with such a we're so dry on in terms of software that we do need a standardized platform, and perhaps SideQuest can be that platform where everyone goes to. Don't have all these closed sort of platforms, which is just making every everyone's life harder. Whether whether you are a VR uh, enthusiast or even if you know your uh the ceo meta it's affecting everyone so it'd be great if sidequest if that is your plan to, to bring in both pc vr gaming and you know standalone and have that one store that everyone will just go to and it will be a well, it's already a household name anyway isn't it it's well respected so to drive that forward even more is exciting i think and that is that is that sort of one of your goals like seb said is to sort of bring it to that point where everyone just uses the one store and it is the sidequest store that's that's what we want isn't it for all headsets that's what we want yeah no absolutely steve i mean sidequest has pretty much been platform agnostic from day one you know we've worked with yeah. every android based headset out there you know out of the box let's say our tools unmodified work straight away and uh, that's been great to see when people post screenshots of new or, or you know, review units they've got their hands on and they post a screenshot of you know, the top left corner of SideQuest where it says the name of the headset and yeah. it's all of a sudden working on ones that we haven't even got our hands on yet, right? So it's, about, cool. it's about making it as accessible as possible. But yeah, I mean, throughout the SideQuest store, it quite, might not be as popular as the standalone content, but there is actually quite a bit of PC VR content in there already. Uh, we also cater to web VR content, big advocates for the open web. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff on there that we think is is so great, like Moonrider. I don't know if you've tried that or come across it. You don't need to yeah. install it. You can get straight in. And uh, a lot of people find it to be just as fun as, you know, any of the other rhythm games like Beat Saber or, mm -hmm. or, or, or some of the others. And yeah. Uh, Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be able to kind of provide that one-stop shop that, that enables that on all the headsets. But um, a few months back, probably about eight months ago now, uh, we, for the first time, released our in-VR uh, SideQuest app, which you were able to use from within your uh, SideQuest headset. But it's also a platform agnostic app. It also runs inside Pico, and it just shows you all the Pico apps and lets you install those. And it's thankfully the same app that works on both, which is great. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're actively pushing out in every direction, trying to make it easier to connect developers and users and, you know, for us all to be able to celebrate this content uh, while we can, while it's in its kind of infancy and incubation, while everything is real positive and has a great sentiment, you know, now is the time to really sort of uh, dig in and, and, and make waves there. 
Okay. There's, there's one area that I've always thought could be utilized more, and that is like I don't understand why is there not some sort of subscription service or or something you can pay some money and then go watch a concert in VR or like watch a football uh, you know match in VR. I really thought that would take off, but it hasn't yet. Is I presume Apple's going to bring it to us. Well, yeah, this is kind of what I'm getting at really here. But could <laughs> could you? You guys, I, I guess you're because I I just associate you with gaming, but I guess you're not, are you? You're you're going to be bringing all manner of VR experiences, whether it is social, uh, you know, and all the other stuff. I can't really think of anything because I just use it for flight simming. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, lots of different areas of VR into that world. Yeah. entertainment. Yeah, I entertainment. mean, typical. <laughs> typical. Yeah, yeah. Well. um, <laughs> I guess typical gaming is fairly locked to, you know, you sort of sit in a seat and you use a controller and, and that's it. But there's actually, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different things that VR can be applied to and it's a lot more, uh, I don't know, it feels like it fits a lot better than let's say some of the stuff we've tried to do in the past, you know, but yeah, we get a lot of enterprise apps on SideQuest, a lot of training apps, a lot of fitness apps. These are the kind of verticals that just don't exist at all in, in traditional gaming. But it would definitely be cool to see more of like the creative arts, right? Music and drama yes. and whatever it might be. It I really think would. the I think the issue is just the cost of technology at the moment for those guys to purchase that and then set it up to actually film. Um yeah, is is the kind of that's the barrier. So I don't think VR is the barrier, thankfully, on this occasion. It's it's <laughs> like the production of it outside of that. But I mean I have some we've seen some cool stuff. Muse did an in VR, like a 360 VR music video. I don't know if you've seen that. Um yeah, and yeah, yeah there's a, there's definitely a few other people playing around with things. And I've heard just um, you know, on the grapevine there is a production company spinning up that is gonna focus on VR concerts. So I my fingers firmly crossed that That'd that we kind of get the experience that we're all looking for that isn't even necessarily like avatar based. It's a bit more real world I mean, and like, um Yeah, like look at Glastonbury, it sold out within three seconds. And <laughs> if you want to still experience it, you could do it in VR and perhaps, you know, whoever gets there first in terms of getting it on their uh, store or, or, or platform you know hopefully you get you get a cut of that as well um that would be yeah. great and we could still buy tickets to it right so there's glass of Eric and i maximize its sales and exactly yes good point you know, yeah so win-win <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> maybe there'd be less muck or something <laughs> <laughs> yes and you have to go to the toilet as well in this horrible i'm sure we your... can simulate that just to make it <laughs> yeah. feel real you still have yeah. to dance around in your glow sticks, though, right? You gotta of go course. Full, that's, full that's, tilt and your, yeah. and your welly boots. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> nice, nice. I always had one question about SideQuest. And so do you do any kind of um, content curation? Or uh, what is the process? If I have a cool app, a cool game, and I know I have no chance to put it on the Quest Store, obviously, right? First, so, so how do I get it onto SideQuest? What is the process like? Well, I mean, I'll say one thing. Um, I think the strongest thing on SideQuest has been user-generated content and, and user-curated content, right? People rate and upvote and interact with and download and add to their wish list and all of these different things kind of feed into uh, you know, our algorithms that push things to the top. And and we have a staff picks list. That's, that's basically our, our only area for us to kind of elevate and and help but um yeah i'm sure orla's got some thoughts on that too yeah i mean curation's a really tough one right um 
when you submit, we have a team member, like a literal real person who goes in, puts the game on their on their headset and tests it out just to make sure nothing crazy happens. And um, yeah, then it should normally be like a pretty quick approval process. Okay. Sometimes there's a few little technical struggles or you go into a death spin as soon as you enter the app. And so you have to like advise that developer that it's not quite ready for release yet. Um, but yeah, curation's a tricky one. The actual approval process isn't tricky, mm-hmm. um, but the, yeah, the curation itself, making sure that new apps that are completely awesome get seen um, is important to us. And that's why we have additional services like we roll out across social media posts and we share videos and we, we make reels about content and that's all free for the developers. We just want to help elevate them as best as we can. And we now also have our amazing sidekick program, courtesy of Tatiana. Um, in which we have lots of influencers now who who represent SideQuest. You know, we can give them keys to games. They go out, they make videos as well, and they're also promoting those across socials. So, um, yeah, we, we really try and help elevate content that, that needs to be seen. Um, and, you know, sometimes things might roll down the list that we wish we're a bit higher so we can kind of poke the devs a little bit and say, look, you know, come and talk to us because we can help you out with a few things and let's get you up there. Let's get you higher rankings because I think you have something cool here. And um, yeah, so it's, it's all about like interaction and, and talking and helping developers find their communities. Um, and that goes beyond SideQuest, right? And um, yeah, that's kind of our goal. And I think you're doing a great job on uh, on getting to that goal. So again, congrats from us all, the community to SideQuest. It's cool. <laughs> but uh, now, I would. Yep. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I would. I, you know, I thought I would also ask a question. Yeah. Like sorry. That. Sorry. Of uh, course. Since, I want you to ask questions. Go on. Uh, since you have a platform right now, um, what would you say to all the new VR users who might be a little bit concerned about? using SideQuest for the first time, anything that has to do with sideloading, enabling sideloading as, you know, you know, we work here and we know some of the concerns that users may have. So since you do have a platform now, is there anything you would like to, to, to tell them? I'll take that one, Orla, will I? Sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in three words, thank me later is probably what i'd say pull that trigger get it done if you're concerned if you're worried if you think it's going to be difficult it's not it's not as difficult as you think it takes about two minutes uh, to set up the first time after that it generally just works as i said before we've got this new app you put it in your headset and after that you don't need another device you don't need a pc you don't need anything the app updates itself you can get all your stuff from within your headset. So that's obviously a lot better, a lot more immersive, not having to break out of your headset and go on top up on content from time to time. But yeah, SiteQuest, it's it's where it's at. It's the largest uh, VR t- content library on, in standalone. You know, we get more apps released on SiteQuest uh, than you'll see released uh, in, in Steam for VR, right? And uh, that, that doesn't even include the hundreds of Gorilla Tie clones that we've got, right? So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely pull that trigger is what I would say to any new VR user. Yeah, exactly. Give it a try. SideQuestVR.com. All right. So now you are working on something new. And let's talk about banter now. 
your new project. So yeah, let me just ask you, um, Shane, what is Banter and why? Why did you make it? <laughs> um, I guess I made Banter because we, um, I guess we, we started out by surveying our users on SideQuest. We spoke to tens of thousands of our users and we were surprised to actually learn that 70% of them engage with social VR based games, uh, 50% engage with them daily. Now, um, I guess when you start to think about the fact that broad strokes, games like Gorilla Tag, believe it or not, are mostly about the social experience. It starts to kind of shape a picture that, you know, getting together in VR is obviously important for a lot of people. And a lot of people like to, you know, be with other people while they enjoy virtual reality rather than, you know, being on their own. And I think, you know, there's a number of problems, I guess, we uh, are trying to address with banter. You know, I, I feel like uh, most VR, uh, uh, you know, multiplayer games out there, or, you know, multi, or sorry, sort of metaverse experiences, let's say. They, you uh, said it. You said the M word. I said it. I said it. My bad. Um, <laughs> they, they don't have legs, right? And this was a big deal. In fact, it was you know, it was basically the entire topic at the last Facebook Connect was how people were apparently going to get legs. Well, we haven't seen legs yet. And what I thought was, well, banter can give people legs, right? That's that's something that banter should <laughs> Giving be Giving legs to, do. to people since 2023, banter. There you go. <laughs> but uh, no, it's definitely different. Banter is a lot more different than most other uh, uh, social metaverses like VR chat, like Rec Room. Uh, like Somnium Space even. I think uh, what Banter does differently is that it introduces physics in a way that you might recognize from games like Boneworks or, oh, or Bone cool. Lab. That yeah, is cool. So, I love that physics there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, your character is physical. You can kind ah. of interact with your physical world. You can climb on things. You can clamber up onto things. You can slide on slippery surfaces. You can zip line down things. And, and all of this is just built in, right? So it's not smoke and mirrors. It's just leveraging the physics to be able to come up with interesting ways to do things. And that's something that none of the other social uh, uh, apps have got is, is a physics-based uh, character. And, and I think it really sets um, banter apart, right? Because I think it's probably one of the most uh, requested features for Bone Lab or Boneworks is to be able to make it multiplayer. And, true, and we, true. We understand why they can't, right? It's a very, it's a very serious undertaking to make such a, a such an impressive physics simulation, and and it's really, really difficult to be able to uh, introduce networking and and social elements to that, but. We basically said, you know what, we're not going to take it too seriously. We're going to bring in all the features. We're not going to care if it's if it's a little bit janky around the edges. Uh, if we can have fun with it, then you know that's that's what's important to us. So, yeah, that's that's what Panther is. Uh, you know, it's it's about sort of creating worlds and uh, getting together with people and you know watching videos in VR and watching live streams and and whatever it, it might be. You know, whatever you might expect, you could typically do. Uh, on other social platforms, and and I think you know one one other thing that we've tried to focus on is is gamifying it as much as we can, right? Is enabling the creation of actual games, games that just make sense. And um, 
yeah, I, I, I implore anybody to go in and try out the Winter Sport Resort. It was made by our 3D artist, Aline. Aline so cool. Yeah, yeah. Aline is, um, <laughs> Aline is, is a little bit infamous. Uh, Aline would be responsible for most of the custom homes that you would see on Quest, right? So that's, that's a pretty big deal. She and her partner, uh, uh, Vince, have also been basically running the entire custom homes community. So if you're not familiar with custom homes, it's one of the things you can get on SideQuest uh, where you can change your home environment uh, to a range of different uh, uh you know options that are that are available there and there's some really some beautiful things to explore and, and many of which uh we've actually brought into banter as well right because uh one thing you can't do uh is is explore them with friends but now you can do that on banter too oh that is nice so um that's really cool. It's uh, I'm, I want to try it. I will try it very soon. This physicality, yeah, that is absolutely missing in the other um, social VR yeah, metaverses. I said it again, man. Yeah, just right. Say, so like, I, I have no <laughs> idea about this. I've just joined this podcast and I'm hearing this for the first time. Mm -hmm. Cool, yeah, perfect. And that excites me. And I'm not much of a social VR kind of person, but the way that it sounds like you can create new worlds and and have fun, uh, yeah, I like that idea. That's, that's, that seems like the next step in terms of being social in VR is having that, I don't know, that uh, sort of con control and uh, freedom to be able to do different things whilst you're social socializing. That makes sense. So yeah, it sounds cool. And some of these worlds are really enormous. Like what Shane said, you know, Ellen created a winter sports resort, which is probably the largest world currently in Banter. And it has so many hidden secrets in there too uh we uh, often host, host host some like guided tours in banter just to introduce people in especially now that it's new and uh winter sports resort is always the first world we go to because i always tell them okay i want to show you everything that's in here because i don't even think you realize how much is hidden so i want to make sure you'll see it all so uh this is just one of the worlds that's out there and she's working on many more and other creators are uh adding more worlds in there there's just so many um yeah so many directions that you can go making those little climbing mini games or social games and it's all kind of adding these little things you can do with your friends and at the same time you can still um, talk to each other. You know, those little experiences do not take away from the socialization aspect and that's really important. I don't think we talked about avatars, did we? That, that would actually have been my next question. So I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to ask um, Orla, what happens? I'm going to download it very soon to my Quest 2 or Quest Pro, and I'm going to install it. So what happens when I open it for the first time? What do I see? Um, do I have to choose an avatar? Do I make my own? In which world will I be? Yeah, what is the onboarding process? Because I, I believe that is kind of important, right? To to make it easy and fun. And yeah, so how does it work in uh, Banter? So we've actually partnered with Ready Player Me, um, who we know have just an amazing range of avatars and continue to expand um, what they're doing on that side of things. So it's the perfect partner for us. Um, and essentially, if you have a SideQuest account already, you can go in and create an avatar using Ready Player Me. And when you log into Banter for the first time, you can basically just go into the settings and connect to your SideQuest avatar, and it'll pull that avatar right through. You can also create your avatar from within Banter. Um, 
just by going into the settings as well and then you can play around with things so you can create it in in vr as well um, and yeah it's it's pretty exciting because obviously ready player may have really pushed um the limits of what we can do with with avatars and uh yeah we had a pretty exciting chat with them last week and there's really a lot more cool stuff to come in, in terms of that partnership and um we're excited to keep pushing that forward as well <clears throat> yeah and sarge uh from ready player me i think is in the chat uh so Ooh. shout out shout out to sarge <laughs> if he's there uh say hello but uh yeah, I mean, I think it's really exciting. You know, when we spoke to them last week, yeah, there's the SideQuest logo up front mm -hmm. and center with the, the rest of their partners. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to them last week, uh, yeah, about being able to add customized avatars and, and seeing how we could expand, uh, you know, both within Banter and across other platforms that also leverage uh, Ready Player Me. You know, we've already got some SideQuest uh, custom avatars. You can get the SideQuest hoodies in there. Oh, that's uh, nice, yeah. Which is which is great. They're very popular. Oh, they're sorry. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Ready Player Me is absolutely cool. So I needed an avatar also for some other things, and I just uploaded my picture, my photograph, right? And then, boom, <laughs> there it was. Within like a few seconds, I had my perfect 3D model, which I then used... Yeah, in different kind of um, metaverses, right? Neos and uh, and uh, Somnium Space, and yeah, now also Banter. It's great. So it's great that you're that you're um, working together with them, and it's so easy to make that avatar. Nice. And uh, in terms of onboarding, I guess like you know the short way would be if you put on the headset, you know, you start the game. The first thing you will see is this nice, I guess, intro lobby. Um, that has a couple of elements there that you can interact with. They are, it's really great that they are there because they showcase this physicality of the game that's very unique for banter. So for example, there is a bridge that you can jump on and it's going to kind of bounce with you. There's a rope that you can climb and it's going to move with you and you can swing it. So it's, it, you know, it's hard to explain, but you, when you feel it in VR, you understand how this physics works how you interact with the world and how the world interacts with you. So it just has a couple of those demo elements and a couple of portals where you can go and like jump straight in and uh, explore uh, what we've got there. Nice. Very nice. Um, we got a question from Norman. Thanks for the super chat. That's a great question, actually. Will Banter <laughs> have support for AI-associated NPCs providing an environment for fluent conversation with, yeah, with memory, uh, with uh, AI, I guess? Do you plan something like this? Yeah, if, if my CTO has his way, then absolutely. He, <laughs> yeah, okay. He'd like to get ChatGPT connected in there as soon as possible and try and make it so that you can oh, converse <laughs> with them. So makes so much yeah, sense. I mean, yeah, there's there's obviously a lot of hype around uh, AI at the minute, and God knows I'm convinced. I'm using it uh, to help me code, to help me uh, do a lot of different things, and, and a lot here, of my team actually. are using it too now. And I think it's it's definitely really interesting. And yeah, I'd love to be able to do that, right? If nothing else, then just to be able to interrogate it and, and to be able to kind of poke it and prod it and see what it does and see how long it takes before it goes way past the Turin test and convinces you that it's actually 100% real life sentient. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'd love we'd love to experiment with something like that for sure. That would be cool. There's already so many, like there are some worlds, I believe that all the textures in those worlds are AI generated. 
That's right. Then, yeah, there are like pictures on walls that are generated with the mid-journey. Mid mm -hmm. And actually, I just read an article this morning uh, that there was a modder who created a mod for Skyrim VR that puts in NPCs that are powered by ChatGPT. So it's happening so fast. Incredible. People only thought about it, and there was already someone who already made it happen. So yeah, it's, it's going to be here sooner than you think. Nice, nice. That's that's going to be very exciting indeed. So let's talk more about the worlds. So when you go into Banter, you've just mentioned you are in this first world where you can check out the physicality. That is interesting. But then how how would you go to a different world? Do you have some kind of menu? And how does how does it work? How do you move to other worlds in Banter? Sure. Yeah, well, there, there's a couple of different ways. So um, there's kind of four or five features inside this lobby space if you want to just jump right in you can do that but other than that you know you hit your menu button on the controller and it brings up the menu where you can access worlds friends messaging you know change your avatar and change other settings related to yourself so if you want you can check out the featured worlds you can go through your favorites list you can see uh, a full list of all the worlds you've recently visited Banter kind of works a little bit like a browser that way, uh, but you've also got your friends list. So if your friends are online, you can join their worlds, jump in and see what they're up to or invite them to your world. So mm. lots lots of ways to discover what's going on and, and where's the coolest place to hit up. Nice. So um, how does the friend system work? Let's say I go to some world. I'm new. Yeah, I'm, I'm a newbie. MRTV Sebastian's going there and I'm going to check out this um, this winter world it looks nice i like winter sports so and then i, I see some people there who are playing there or something and I, I talk with them so can i directly like uh, make them my friends like point at them and then uh, how is there a, a way to add them directly or how would that making friends work yeah it's literally that you, you point at them you okay. click on them <laughs> pop up friends. and then you can add, add friend and then and then they can choose to ah, accept okay. that uh, on their end as well we're actually uh, the the social uh, system that's built into Banter uh, actually leverages uh, the APIs that SideQuest provides. So oh, okay. it's actually the same friend system on there. So if you add and remove friends on SideQuest, they'll also be your friends in Banter. Uh, it's something that we're testing out, and and uh, in the future we may even um, uh, you know open that up to other developers to be able to leverage the SideQuest uh, user base uh, to be able to work in their apps too. Okay, cool. And how do um, how do I um, communicate with them? So obviously when they are there, I can just talk to them, right? That makes sense. But uh, let's say they are offline. Can I uh, send them a, a chat message or can I record a, a voice note? That is what I really like about Neos, for example, this ability to record voice notes. We don't have voice notes yet, but messaging is something that's a high priority. It's okay. also something that we yeah. have built into SideQuest and that we've uh -huh. uh, uh, sort of started testing in Banter as a, as a potential future feature that developers can leverage from SideQuest as well. So right now it's text messaging. So yeah, absolutely. You will be able to message people offline. They'll get those messages in their SideQuest messaging as well as in Banter. You know, they'll be able to reply from SideQuest offline, in VR, out of VR, wherever it is, uh, it won't matter. Oh. But voice messages, that's an interesting thought. That's maybe, that's a, a I love one that. I think it's, yeah, it's, 
in it's VR, it's so it's so easy. WhatsApp too. Yeah, ex exactly. I'm doing this also in WhatsApp all the time, just doing voice messages because I'm yeah, I don't like to type too much. So, <laughs> I do that more VR, now. <laughs> you should do it. In my opinion, that's my that's my suggestion. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Steve, is, I'm I'm sending you these voice messages. All I know. The time, honestly, so. <laughs> I I do that all the time. I'm so lazy. I'd rather just send a quick thirty second message of my thoughts yeah. rather than typing. It's it's terrible how we're getting this lazy, really. But you know, it's, a, it's, it's technology for yeah, you, but, isn't it? But it's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be great if you could uh, introduce that. So um, it seems like your your app, uh, like Banter, is very easy to approach. You know, like like I love Neos for PC VR, but it's not so easy to get into it. You know, it's it's like there's quite a learning curve to it. When you get it, oh, it's like Metaverse. It's like it's amazing, right? But if your Banter is more approachable. I believe that 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 is great to put the hurdle lower. So, yeah, right. Yeah, well, is I mean, like I think one thing we have which you don't see with a lot of other platforms is that you're not forced immediately into a sign up, right? You can jump in as a guest. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You can have a play with the platform. You can yeah. see what it's like, and then later decide, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to this, and, and maybe I'll create an account, or you know, nice. you link my side quest account that that I probably already have. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely about making it easy. People can just mm -hmm. launch the app. It's very fast to load. You'll basically be straight into the lobby within seconds. And we've really optimized things so that when you're moving between spaces and stuff like that, you know, you're not stuck in a in a void uh, for mm -hmm. too long, right? So you're, you're, it's it's very snappy, very responsive when you're when you're loading, and I think that's really important for new people coming in. Cool. So, um, how do you create new worlds in your trailer? I just saw create new worlds together. That's cool. But how does it actually the, the, the world creation works? Like I have a great idea. I'm going to recreate the MRTV headquarter in VR now. <laughs> how do I go about it? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's actually already quite a few different options depending on, you know, your background, your skill set, you know, what you like to do. Uh, we use, uh, there's a very simple system you can use called A-Frame, if you've ever heard of that. It uses basic HTML to let you build worlds. Um, it's something that I think even, you know, young kids could get on board with in terms of being able to have, have stuff up and running very quickly with. Uh, but we also allow creating worlds with Unity, which oh, okay. allows for mm -hmm. much more professional and high quality content. So most, uh, most of the worlds that you'll see in there at the minute uh, that they probably use both of those technologies in some way. Uh, we use Unity often for, you know, large, large portions of uh, static scenes and so forth. And then uh, we use A-Frame to actually layer in some functionality on top of that. Uh, ah. and, and that's that's part of how we uh, enable game creation. But yeah, if you've if you've created something in another platform like VR Chat or uh, you know, I guess a few others. Um, there's a good likelihood you're going to be able to get that into banter pretty easily. Cool. Um, yeah. So if I want to do that, um, how do I upload it to banter? Let's say I already have that unity scene that I think is amazing. So how, how, how would that work? So there's a few different ways. Uh, we can host it for you or you can host it yourself. Oh, really? Believe it or not, cool. uh, that's another feature <laughs> that's that cool. I kind of like about Neos, right? You can actually, yeah. Uh, host it yourself. Every every space in Banter is a is a URL. It's a web page. I mentioned before, Banter is cool. kind of like a browser that way, right? So it actually means, yeah, you can you can host your own space on your own website in your own country on your own servers. 
whatever you want to do. And yeah, I think we're really excited about that. We're, um, we're kind of featuring and working to sort of highlight as much content as we can, but banter, banter will always be an open system. If somebody wants to open oh, up and go to the URL cool. that they want to, we're not going to stop them from, we're not going to you know, prevent that in any way. So um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of tight coupling with web technologies, which, which I'm really excited about how that's going to make discovery uh, for worlds, mm -hmm. hopefully a lot easier. Well, you, is, I, yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead, go. Steve. So, no, I was just thinking, um, is there any sort of policies or protocols that you have to put in place for policing purposes? Because obviously these new worlds are going to be full of people and, you know, anything could happen when people meet together. I presume, is there some sort of control or restriction or, uh, you know, those sort of measures that you have to think about? Because that's a tricky one, isn't it, really? It is. It's a very tricky one. And, and, and how you deal with that is going to be an, an evolving kind of uh, learning yeah. process for us, as it is for everybody, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's all the standard features you might expect to be able to mute and block other people around you who are kind of, uh, you know, affecting your experience. Then people who, who create spaces have more power than that. They can kick and ban people from spaces, right? So it goes a bit further. Even mute somebody for everybody in the room, you know, so so you can stop people from being disruptive when they are being um, we don't have anything that records the last 60 seconds of your experience hmm. just yet, right? Good. But we have standard user reporting and that kind oh. of stuff. I mean, I, I think I think for the most part, you know, um, like I say, this is going to be a learning process. But relying on users to, to self-moderate in the immediate sense and then working with uh, content creators, uh, allowing them to kind of promote moderators within their space and allowing, you know, much like it works in many other communities like Discord, Reddit, wherever else, you know, the community comes in, even in the chats here on YouTube as well, the community comes in, moderators come in, they help to kind of keep things clean, keep things tidy. And, and for the most part, then everybody gets to have a good time. That cool. is cool. That is really great. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by the ability to host your own uh, worlds. Uh, that was new to me. That that is really a fantastic idea. You know, it sounds a bit to me like you are you're trying to provide like um, the WordPress for the metaverse. Sorry to say it again. <laughs> is it something like this where you want people to uh, allow them to yeah to host their own like websites, but in VR, I mean, like the WordPress um, kind of business model? I mean, to some degree, I guess WordPress provides you with the website software to run your yeah, website necessarily. Exactly. Banter is probably closer to the browser that you open that website in, if okay. you know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. So you could use WordPress to build a space for Banter technically, because it's just, it's just online. It's just another website really. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think if I was to if I was to assign it to one piece of technology in the whole sort of open web uh, chain, it would be the the browser part for sure. Okay, so what is your business model? Well, right now, uh, focusing on sort of revenue generation isn't a priority for us. It's yeah, more okay. about trying to get people in the door mm -hmm. and and then you know trying to trying to set up the proper channels to get feedback from them in terms of what we should or shouldn't do i mean mm -hmm. there's obviously going to be tons of opportunities i think to be able to create monetized experiences and we want to be able to enable creators to do that too and i think because we're built on top of web technologies there's a lot of existing workflows that we can kind of lean on there now as it stands right now we don't have any plans to integrate NFT or any kind of blockchain technology at all. And 
don't get me wrong. I think those are great technologies. I just think that the mm. current state of the union, let's say, in terms of where we are with the tech industry and with crypto overall, that it's a bit too risky right now to be able to kind of couple our game to that while things are kind of in the place that they are, let's say. But things are open, right? So others can potentially do that themselves. They can build their own gamified experiences that are uh, you know, powered by dynamic content from the web. It can literally load whatever you want into banter in mm. real time uh, in front of you and everybody else. So, yeah, being able to use things like, you know, PayPal and Amazon and stuff like that to be able to, you know, patron and whatever else to be able to provide more content to users on banter. And, and I'm, I'm talking about creators being able to use those tools. That's definitely something I'm uh, interested in. But right now, it's just about trying to get people involved, trying to get as much feedback as we can. Makes sense. You're really early. And yeah, it, it, it's a good idea to just um, yeah see how everything goes and how people enjoy it. Also, if comparing it to Horizon World, which is still, I believe, only available in the US. Like, I have I never been able to try it. I wanted to, but I have no chance whatsoever in Germany. Not even, I have no chance. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a question in the chat about how accessible banter is across different uh, countries. I, I believe there, I don't think there are any restrictions based on the country, are there? No, 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 no restrictions at all. Uh, obviously, we want to try and target as many people as we can. Uh, banter is available on App Lab right now. We're aiming to get it onto Pico as well. And we like to oh, just host a build ourselves, you know, that people can just download and, and use. Uh, we're leveraging OpenXR. We're trying to avoid any platform tie-ins if we can, uh, so that it's easy just to make banter work in as many places as possible. I mean, I'll be honest, this isn't, um, we're not on any kind of mission really there beyond the, the usual mission, which is, you know, uh, SideQuest itself is very interested in OpenXR and technologies that make it easier for developers. So Banter serves as a real nice way for us to practice using that technology ourselves too. Okay, nice. Yeah, we have one more question from, from Norman. How will Banter verify user identity um, in the future? Any official retina scan? Device wow. address? <laughs> Maybe at some point. Who knows? That's, that's, yeah. that's what those glasses are. Yeah, that's what those sunglasses are doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> you pretty tight headset. <laughs> you thought they were your regular ones. It's it's really interesting you say that, right? Because I mean, one thing that we're you know we're concerned about with banter is that. I guess we want banter to be available for everybody. We don't necessarily want it to be overrun by a certain subgroup of people. We don't want it to be overrun by a certain age group, let's say. And, and I think, you know, being able to uh, find ways to provide people uh, a safe haven where they can sort of hang out with people that they like and, and do that kind of stuff, but still benefit from discovery, right? So they don't have to kind of lock themselves away in private worlds with friends only that mm -hmm. maybe there could potentially be, let's say, some adult uh, uh, spaces in the future. And in order to do that effectively, yeah, we might have to uh, explore ways to be able to properly verify that. As it stands, we have no retinal verification, none of that at all. <laughs> right. Like I say, you can jump in as a guest and, and just get stuck in without having to kind of uh, commit to anything. Um, and, and I think, yeah, right now, uh, in this early stage for us, a lot of those problems are kind of on the road ahead of us. And we're, we're well aware of them and definitely keeping an eye on them. But at this, at this stage, there's some bigger priorities of just 
trying to uh, reach as many people as we can and, and try to get as many people excited about banter as possible, right? And it's it's a VR first app. We're definitely going to focus on VR. We're, we might have a PC 2D mode, but it will be intended sort of for spectator mode only mm -hmm. or for potentially recording for like uh, streaming and, and, and whatever else. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely VR focused and, and that's going to be something that's going to continue. In fact, what we're planning to do is to run a number of giveaways, right? To actually give away VR headsets, get people direct, drag people kicking and screaming, whether they oh, like it or not, into like banter it. and get them you to- You should do that on MRTV. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we, uh, we just started a giveaway, in fact, for a pair oh. of Quest Pro controllers, right? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. T talk about it, please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, something we're trying with banter and, and hopefully with some other games as well is to try to introduce- uh, you know, some Easter eggs, some ways to actually uh, find and, and win prizes nice. while you're playing the games, while you're actually in there and enjoying them. So right now in Banter, somewhere in Banter, uh, there is uh, a little button you can click. When you click on it, it's going to show you a web address, and that address is going to take you to a hidden exclusive giveaway on the SideQuest website for some Quest Pro controllers so uh, this one's actually an easy one to find uh, so i definitely encourage ready you to get player straight one in there and uh yeah you can, you can, you can uh, win some prizes and uh yeah maybe hang out and enjoy banter while you're there too uh but yeah we're going to keep that regular there's going to be tons of prizes we're going to give away everything from you know side quest merch banter merch quest twos maybe pico fours mm. Quest Pro controllers, uh, free games, and you know, loads of accessories and stuff like that. You know, the sort of stuff we've been doing all along uh, on SideQuest, we're, we're going to start exploring how we can uh, leverage that in the games as well to, to really sort of drive people in and to drive engagement in that, in that VR content. Well, that is, I love the idea. I love the idea that you have to go into this place and yeah, find something. It's really like, just like Ready Player One, right? Where you right. go into, into that place, uh, I don't want to say metaverse. That's why I said that place. <laughs> Into that place with VR and look, look banterverse. for it. Say banterverse. Yeah, the banterverse. banterverse. You go into the banterverse and you you look for these prices. That is that is truly cool. Great idea. I have, I still have one more question before we slowly let you go back to your life in uh, Spain. <laughs> I also want to go there. Um, yeah. So, um, what do you think? How fast will um, integration of eye tracking and face tracking find its way into yeah, Banter? Because, well, well, there is a Quest Pro, right? Some people have it, a few, and um, hopefully, in a, some future generations, it's going to be more standard. So, uh, what do you think? Um, is it going to come to banter, and or is it like too complicated for the frame rate to make that happen? Because, well, there's more stuff involved, right? So, talk a bit more about um, face tracking and eye tracking. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's very complicated. No, certainly not. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, we've, we, you know, most games will already leverage some kind of eye animation in place of of eye tracking, and you know, that would probably be in and around the same overhead, maybe. Uh, and yeah, usually they've got, you know. Uh, uh, mouth movement or, or visemes as they call them with which you know from just you speaking from the sound of your voice they can they can determine how how your mouth should be shaped so i think both of those things can probably work uh, pretty well i think your point around adoption is probably key there and i think yes. a lot of developers are probably kind of thinking the same i mean we've seen a whole lot of vr accessories and products come over come out over the last sort of 10 years let's say 
and I guess uh, you know um, it's important to understand uh, how how much longevity some of these things are are going to have, right? But I think you know with something like Quest Two, it really standardized hand tracking, and now that's kind of set the tone that others are going to be aiming for that at a bare minimum as well. And I think at least I'm hoping maybe with Quest Three. You know, we might see an accessible headset that can really drive sales and can maybe hero another feature like that, eye tracking and face tracking. You know, even if it was uh, available as a as an add-on module or as an additional cost for an upgraded version of the headset, as long as it's not too much, right? As long as it's not uh, too expensive. Uh, what I really get excited about is, you know, the kind of consumer average priced. Uh, 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 VR headsets that we really want to see. You know, I think we have seen a lot of headsets come out lately. Uh, you know, some of them have been uh, fairly overpriced. And, uh, you know, I <laughs> yes. think it's it's difficult, right? Because like you say, you know, not a, not a huge number of people are, are going to buy those. And that's not good for those who develop the headsets, who've invested all that time and energy. And it's not good for the over, uh, overarching industry then as well. So, I'm I'm really excited about you know a new headset that could be accessible but could also include eye tracking and face tracking and I think you know Banter and many others would be excited to to jump on board. I did notice recently VR Chat just announced that they were going to do it, but and then that's and that's exciting, right? Because it mm -hmm. takes stuff like that to maybe drive adoption. I don't know how many uh, Vive uh, uh, trackers have been bought just because of VR Chat, but it could be that they may sell some Quest Pro headsets too. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, cool. I can't honestly for me, I can't wait now to try it out myself. The physicality in VR in the metaverse, that is that must be fantastic because I loved it. Um, yeah, in some of the games that you talked about before. So yeah. In the coming I mean, I guess weeks there will be like updates coming up a lot and things are changing very fast. So I think it's important, you know, if you're interested in stuff like that to um, just follow what's happening so that you're, you're always aware of what's new and what's improved. So we have, obviously, we will be sharing all the news on our social pages and our Twitter pages. Go ahead and follow if you haven't yet. And But I think more importantly is I encourage everyone to join the Banter Discord. And I shared it in the chat. I don't know if it showed up. We can also put it into the description of this video. Yeah, Thank sure. Um, we probably will add the link to our SideQuest, uh, you know, banter game listing as well, just so that everybody can find it very easily. Uh, but yeah, like we are all there. All our SideQuest team is there. A uh, huge following already. I think we have almost a thousand people there already, both users and world builders. All kinds of updates, all the giveaway announcements are all there. So you're not going to miss it it's going to be getting busier so this is definitely a great place also after this podcast hopefully it's going to get busier <laughs> i'll be there now <laughs> 993 <laughs> members so seven more and we'll hit that 1000 so okay 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 so you'll definitely make this happen tonight come on guys go there go to side quest or go to app lab look for a banter and yet yeah, simply try it out right it's free it's it's cool as far as this conversation goes i want to check it out myself as soon as possible so banter Thank is it so possible yep, sorry. is it possible to do a podcast could we do it like and then next time we do a podcast could we do it in banter that would be really cool is that yeah, would that be possible is, yet 
yeah, it is possible. We could probably hook you up with our experimental 2D client, which would give you like a, a camera spectator in the world. So then you could jump in on your headsets and the 2D client could be recorded wow. via OBS or whatever you prefer to do. So yeah, that would totally be possible. Yeah, we should try could, that. We could experiment with different worlds too. Like for example, have you ever seen a podcast being held in zero gravity? Now that would be hilarious. There you go. Or under the sea where all the host members are fish. Fish. <laughs> yes. That is, that is a good idea. Yeah. I love that idea. There's all kinds of crazy stuff there. We should definitely look into that. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, thank you so much, um, Shane and Ola. Probably some um, famous last words of you that you want to um, tell <laughs> the community now. Go ahead, Orla. <laughs> I just want to say thanks to the community. I mean, we're coming up on our fourth birthday next month. Um, and it's incredible to think Cyclist has been around for four years, but it wouldn't be here if we didn't have that support. Um, so I just want to say, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. And Shane? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's in a nutshell, pretty much what I wanted to say too, you know, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's been amazing. And, and like I said, we've been just sort of, hanging on for dear life as the community really drives this forward. And, and we're just humbled and proud to be able to continue to run it. And uh, yeah, for us, it's it's all about developers. That's kind of core to everything we do. We're developers ourselves. And we think that that is the source of the, you know, the successful sort of growth of this entire industry is, is really helping developers, helping them to produce content as much as we possibly can. So one final note I'll leave you on, uh, which is one we'll, we'll give for you. This, this is previously unannounced, let's say. Cool. But, um, exclusive stuff here on MITV. Exclusive. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're, we're very soon, in fact, we're, we're working towards kind of putting our, our money where our mouth is in that, in that regard. And uh, we're working with some partners. We're looking to put together a fund of potentially up to a million dollars for us to be able to actually give developers the cash that they need to be able to see this through to the end right so i think i think it's important cool. i think it's it's needed it's necessary and uh, yeah we're we're really happy to be in a position to do it wow that is amazing you heard it here first a 1 million dollar fund for developers to do all the good stuff that's Fantastic. Wow. Thank you so much, um, Shane and Ola, for telling us about SideQuest and for, of course, telling us about banter and giving banter to the VR community. Thank you so much for that. Thanks yeah. for having us. And I'll just be in there. Say, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. Look, for, look out for me. And um, yeah, it was a pleasure to get to know both of you. It was about time that I finally get to meet you. Absolutely. So looking Absolutely. forward Thanks to for see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Wow, I, wanted, cool. I wanted to say thank you to them. Yeah. They're probably still watching this now. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Tatiana can say this, but thank you to SideQuest for saving my quest too. Because when I first got it, after about two weeks, I had this issue with it that I could not switch it on at all. It was just completely <laughs> dead. And mm. SideQuest, I was able to plug it into that and sort of reset the firmware, whatever I did with it. I can't remember what it was now. Oh and, it, and it brought it back to life again. So it, because of SideQuest, I was able to get into the the innards of the settings where you couldn't do that normally. Yeah, it's so crazy. So for things like that as well, it's really useful. 
It's so amazing how SideQuest is able to like literally clean up the mess yes. that Meta leaves by adding some kind <laughs> of updates that are not uh, no, ruining certain things. Wi-Fi is not working. Apps are getting stuck up, um, uh, updating or installing. And there's just so many little things like that that oh, usually, just yeah. connected to SideQuest. And there's a, there's a couple of things that you can just tweak and it, it fixes your headset. It's crazy. But, but, but yeah, it's... It's there for whatever you need it. <laughs> Great. And uh, I must honestly tell you, I'm excited also about Banter because having this um, social VR place accessible in a standalone headset, I believe it's important. So we have really amazing stuff on PC VR, right? Somium Space, I just did this uh, with them, this amazing TV show. And Neos is amazing. But, you know, PC VR is declining. It, it is a fact, right? PC VR is declining mm -hmm. and and standalone is the future of VR. That's what more and more perspires. And that's why mm -hmm. it's good to have something like this in standalone. So right. let us all try it out. Definitely, yes. It, it, it definitely makes it stand out that it is fully optimized for standalone and not just being a quick port where half of the features aren't really working or not displaying the same way as they should. Uh, compared to PC VR, so yeah, this is this is just a it's a great uh, great new space that you know if you look at our you know the way that we market it and how we position it, we are really not taking ourselves seriously at all. I mean, literally, the mascot of the headset is a is a big snowman mm -hmm. <laughs> with the avatar of Shane being thrown out of his. Butthole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like fun. I'm surprised we didn't get to talk about it, but it is one of the like inside jokes because when you get to the winter sport resort, if you go through the correct slide uh, in that resort, you will end up jumping okay. out of the snowman's butt. And uh, that's what I always wanted to, to do. Exactly. That's what everybody. Wants <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. I get it. Uh, no, we just have to experience. I have to try that out now. <laughs> I mean, later after the show. Cool. Cool. Perfect. That was amazing. And again, thanks, um, Chen and Ola, for being here on the show. But now let's talk about other exciting things: hardware. So um, let's start with um, the DPVR E4, Tatiana. You and me, we had it. We have it. We. I still have it here. Right. It's uh, not far away. It's right there. <laughs> Today it's not under the table. Oh, it's, it's right <laughs> Today, there. No. Me, like, okay, I good, good. You can see it. Yeah, right. That one. That right, one. right. So, <laughs> so for all the people who don't know yet about the DPVR E4, it is a PC VR wired headset. Wow, that, and it's not standalone. It's it's just, it's totally not what everyone is having here right now. It's a, it is an old school PC VR um, display port. Standalone headsets cost $549. is available in the States and everywhere, basically. You can mm -hmm. get it from the from their website, and you can also get it from Amazon.com right now, and soon also Amazon's in uh, Europe. And, yeah, it has um, the Quest 2 screen, uh, the Quest 2 display. It has... Um, um, Fresnel lenses, quite big ones actually. It's, it's very light because you don't need batteries. It has mm. this flip-up display. Mm. It, it has um, inside-out tracking with four cameras, um, standard controllers that remind me of the yeah of the Quest 2 or any other of these um, uh, Oculus copies, right? So yeah, 
Right. And yeah. And it has a display port. So display port. Like Very important. Do... Many people love display port. Yes. I think that is, you know, <laughs> it just looks so similar to Quest in its size and its shape. I mean, I, I compared it just visually. Uh -huh. Pretty much the same size as Quest 2, maybe a little bit more narrow, but the uncompressed image definitely makes all the difference. So oh, yeah. if it's the PC VR experiences that you're looking for, it's definitely a better quality. But I don't know. For me personally, why I love this headset and I didn't expect to I didn't expect to because I it, it's me just neither. You know, one PC VR headset, one of the many, I guess. I have never had an easier time connected and jump straight in. It was the oh. it's a record time of just plug it in. Everything worked, everything got connected, no complicated setup steps. The you know, the the kind of a quick guide is just boom, boom, boom. Controller yeah, well appeared instantly. IPD, it, um, yeah. IPD. Setting. The same room set up as Quest, like in headset. You set up your walls, you set up your garden, you set up your floor. Very similar to the way it works in Quest, which is smooth as butter. And I've tried several games. I've, I've tried them for a lengthy time. I had no issues with that whatsoever um, in terms of like performance or tracking or just some unexpected jitters that sometimes happen based on the on on the like hardware compatibility with your PC or games. Um yeah, I I was always I'm always a little bit concerned with PC VR. You know, I started my VR journey with standalone quest. So there's always something when it comes to PC VR, so it seems. And so far it's just been such a smooth experience. So I crowned it the the best intro level pc vr for people okay. who have never tried it okay cool that is cool i must um say i have not watched your video yet sorry tatiana oh, so it's it's great sad. to it's great to hear I, about it goodbye i wanted to hear directly from you that's why i want to hear it live from you so it's great now to hear that you liked it actually yeah, um, not everything was. I mean, it's still everything. worth watching yeah. it because Let's talk there about are the still pros things. and cons. Same here for me. Again, we will talk about the cons as well. Yeah, but still also worth watching that video. Just yep. saying. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, the same for me. I was surprised because I did have that. They did send me like a prototype unit like uh, four months ago, mm -hmm. oh, and I really didn't like it. Like really, no, because at that time the software was so bad. Like the firmware was not good enough. You know, it was it was not stable at all, the tracking. The tracking of the headset was junk at that point in time. So therefore I couldn't use it. It had delays. It was it was really bad. So I didn't expect a lot, honestly. They they, they sent it to me and I was not very keen on trying it, honestly speaking. You know, <laughs> that is that is a funny thing. Like normally, I'm really keen on any headset that that the, those companies send to me, but I was not keen to try it out. But I did, of course, right? And um, because I'm fair, obviously, they told me, "Hey, we have updated the firmware, and the software is now the production one, and this is our the final unit." So of course, mm -hmm. I tried it, and then boom, I was so positively surprised. It was. A really good experience. So they have fixed the issues with the tracking. The controllers are really nice. Um, the the headset tracking is stable, 
but still there there's a few kinks we're going to talk about there's still some some stability issues that I found but you don't feel them in the game you know so yeah and then the visuals are really good just like um yeah quest 2 but way better Right, like sharper, if you sharper, better. yeah, of course. I mean, uh, Quest Two when you connect it to the PC, obviously, right? But but still, even better because the image does not have to be compressed first. Yeah. It is the pure DisplayPort goodness <laughs> that us mm -hmm. PC VR fans love, you know. And you have it on a bright screen, and that was the thing that really um, delighted me. Delighted me even. <laughs> That's cool. So it has a really nice FOV. The FOV is really big. Uh, not as big as um, Pimax, of course, but it's bigger than Quest 2. About it PK4. Is, is it bigger than like, that? Around Pico 4, PC, um, PlayStation VR 2, something like this. And it has the perfect binocular overlap. I would say it's nearly 100%. It's it's incredible. Like it it makes you feel so relaxed um and it has 120 hertz and this 3D effect is fantastic because both eyes see everything at the same time. And you you really don't have that a lot of times with VR headsets. Like the Quest Pro is, is terrible with binocular overlap and that's actually why I don't like it so much now that I've used it longer. But this gives you like nearly 100% binocular overlap. So for me I even crowned it until now as my surprise headset of 2023 until now. It is crazy and it's super comfortable as well. I brought it here just to show people that yeah. might, might just join in later. So, so this is DPVR E4, the new ECVR headset that's extremely light, has this cool thing going on. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and both cool. Sebastian and I are quite impressed yeah, by that yeah and I, I honestly i was using that that flip mechanism i was using that mm -hmm. quite often and it works so well the thing is like there were other headsets before with flip mechanisms like the htc um i forgot the name it was bet uh, one <laughs> htc uh, wow they also had one what's the name oh, cosmos the htc <laughs> htc vive cosmos it also had this kind of like flip, flip up mechanism but mm -hmm. the problem was it didn't put the headset close enough to your eyes anymore so you would lose fov but for yeah. this one even though it has this flip up mechanism it puts the headset right back it, it somehow mm -hmm. it somehow yeah um just gives you a very nice fov wow yeah, i was surprised the only thing with the with this flip up design, well, two things really. I do talk about them uh, both. Is that so? The facial interface here is kind of similar to the one that's on the PlayStation VR two. It's yeah, just it like this... a rubbery uh, thing. It doesn't have a soft cushion or something. Um, so it's just this rubber rubbery material, right? But that, that makes is, sense because it's the same right. like the PSVR 2 as in the hollow kind of um, band yeah. where no. the, the whole thing floats in front of your eyes, right? That is not a problem. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah, it. Okay. It's just that when you flip it, um, when you flip it, it, uh -huh. it um, I found that uh, this rubbery part ah, starts yeah, I, like I know what you folds. mean. You're right. You're it right. Folds. You're right. You're right. So what you need then to you do have is to, kind yes. of Push it a little bit back. Exactly. We put a strain on this mechanism here. I don't like pushing, like pulling it that way because it's not supposed to be. So um, essentially, this is one of the moving parts here that raises the question of durability. How long until mm -hmm. 
you do it too much and maybe it breaks because mm-hmm. it's not a replaceable head strap. It's all sort of a, a single piece that you're not supposed to disconnect. It's not supposed to come off. Yeah, the more moving pieces are here, the the more there is a chance that something will come loose or something will break at some point. So, right. but you know, they were the, they were like, very proud of this flip up mechanism. They they said they have tried it like a million times, right? And they are quite confident in it. But we'll have to see, of course. Yeah, yeah, I I, I definitely will be using it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love. I just <laughs> I'm like okay, finally I can like maybe overcome my fear of PCVR setup that even with Quest <laughs> and Quest Pro, I keep getting like occasionally I would get the three dots, link would not load for some reason, restart the headset, restart the computer. Okay, now it works. Just weird inconsistencies that come with headsets that can do both. Um, I don't know if you've had any of those, but oh, just yes. occasionally, <laughs> like request, for some reason it just wouldn't wouldn't load, and you have to restart it, and that fixes it. But it's it just takes time, and it takes your patience. So you you want something that works right away without having to fidget it a million times. So this is an awesome um, intro level because obviously this is not as sharp as Crystal or Aero, but it's also yeah. way cheaper. But on, yeah, you're right. It is not as sharp as those um, super um, headsets, the super mm-hmm. expensive but super amazing headsets. Yeah. But honestly, I had such a good time in that headset in terms of the even in terms of the visuals because of the display port, you know. And um, we know how good the Quest Two can look like if you feed it with a virtual desktop at the highest level or even Airlink. So having that, but uncompressed with this super binocular overlap and this wider FOV, honestly, this is a great visual experience. And mm-hmm. there's so many people who try to get the PSVR 2 working on the PC. I'm telling you, you could use this headset. And honestly, the first visual experience is better than in the PSVR 2 because the lenses are better. Really, like the the sweet spot is better than the PSVR 2. The edge edge clarity is better than the PSVR 2, right? Uh, the binocular overlap is better than the PSVR 2. So honestly, if this was my first VR experience, I would love it. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to have a, you know, PhD in setting up connections and then the base stations. It has its own controllers, cameras, Inside tracking, just like with PSVR 2, I think for the price, I mean, it's still more expensive than Quest 2, but we are talking about better visual quality. Yeah, and, and, more, easier, and better comfort. And better comfort and easier setup times. Yeah. So all that considered, like, it's it's nice. Um, I didn't mention in my video that um, I had, like, my biggest, I guess, thing that I wish that they fixed is the controller feedback. So the controller vibrations. And uh, they did, thankfully they did say that it is a known issue and they're working on it. Essentially the vibrations in the controllers, when you compare to let's say Quest 2, right? Uh, the vibrations are weaker and they are, well, not very consistent with the VR experience. and. That is, of course, more noticeable in uh, games that in which these vibrations are, you know, they matter, like in Beat Saber or Synth Riders, where you have to feel that feedback when you're hitting the block or 
pushing the orb. Uh, I could just feel that they were very weak and sometimes they were missing altogether if you were hitting okay, those wow. blocks very quickly. Interesting. And um, yeah, so I that is something that bothered me because it made playing those rhythm games not nearly as satisfying as on the headset that has this really nailed down and okay. works perfectly but it is something they said they were familiar with so um cool. i was glad to hear that it wasn't something that they're like oh we had no idea <laughs> or it was something on my end they did say that they're working okay. on fixing it. it made me made me very hopeful okay nice yeah let's talk about more issues with the device so this is mm -hmm. not all great unfortunately mm -hmm. so one big thing i can only talk about the device or i could only recommend it to people who have like a very average ipd because what is missing here is the ipd adjustment so there is software ipd but there's no way to actually move the lenses so therefore mm -hmm. it, it works perfectly for me because i am that average dude with 64 millimeters um ipd into pupillar distance but i cannot say if people with a smaller IPD or a bigger IPD can use it. So there is a software IPD and I tried it. I, I put it down and put it up and then I had problems with my eyes. So probably that, that means, okay, the software IPD is good enough to serve people with a small or a bigger IPD, but I don't know. So Tatiana, what, what is your IPD and uh, what is your uh, thoughts about that part? Mine is more like 62, I would say. It was still good for me. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I would say that mine's still closer to a standard than than some people, but I, I did ask my community to just share their experiences, those who have a more of an outside of the range that did not really like the idea of not having mechanical mm. IPD adjustment. And it's probably done to maybe make the headset lighter, maybe make the headset cheaper. Oh, yeah, but um, still, I think it's a... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not a good idea not to have any, like uh, not to be able to move the lenses. But the good thing is, yeah. yes, the lenses do have a good sweet spot. So probably also people with 60 could use it. But, well, I cannot um, say that. Right? I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. That yeah is like a, one that... of the things that, you know, obviously we can test it in, in person. We can just talk about it as reviewers that it's not there. So yeah, you'll have to try it. I think that... Um, Another issue that was <laughs> an issue for me was the um, overheating. Okay, yeah, that part I I heard from you, but I, I didn't I didn't have that problem so much. But tell tell me more what you felt. Maybe you were testing it on a cold German day. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably like yeah, you're yeah, right. It actually in warm might... Texas. <laughs> okay, I hear it's cold. Agreed. Tell tell and us about the overheating. Yeah, well, to be honest, I it was a really hot day when mm -hmm. I was testing it right here. And uh, essentially the fans that are built in here to cool down the, the headset, they started working really, really intensely and, well, relatively loudly when I was playing several games. But what surprised me more is that even after I shut down the games and I put the headset in like a sleeping mode, they would not turn off. And oh. I guess that they would keep working until they bring the headset to a lower temperature. But I waited for pretty long and it just kept working and the headset kept like really, really warm. 
Okay. And so warm, in fact, that you can feel it in your face. And as you know, being in VR already makes you very active. So you do everything you can to keep yourself away from getting sweaty while you're playing because it's uncomfortable. And having a hot headset on, on your face is just me makes you want to take it off okay so um yeah Interesting. i i'm sadly you know that's that's one thing that i've noticed that mm -hmm. uh it was getting really hot uh or the fans were just not doing a good enough job to to cool it down enough so probably that, that was that probably that was the matter for me like my fans were actually like working on overdrive <laughs> You know, like for me, it was noticeable. They were like um, starting mm -hmm. and then going down again and starting again. And actually, okay. that was a bit annoying for me. And I okay. also I also told that to the team and they said, okay, they are going to build some option into the software where instead of like the fans like turning on like crazy and going down again and turning on like crazy, there's going to be an option where they just consistently run because um, the consistent running of a fan is not so bad in my opinion. Yeah, anyways, so that's something that we're going to watch more. Also, I'm, I'm going to watch it more in my uh, unit, but I didn't feel it getting too hot. But yeah, probably it also depends on your temperature in your mm -hmm. room. Steve, <laughs> we were going, we were just talking with each other and totally not uh, asking no, you fine. for your questions. I'm, I'm Do, listening. Yeah. I'm, I'm drinking and listening. I'm drinking Perfect. Again. I love no, the No, because obviously I haven't got this headset, so I'm intrigued, but I just want to say, like, how great is it to have another middle ground VR headset be released? Yeah. That's the first thing, because we don't have enough of them. In fact, we don't have any. So it's great to see another, I don't want to say budget, because it's still expensive. However, it really is good to see something that can, you know, satisfy the sort of the G2 Vive Pro perhaps sort of crowd. Um, and I think the best thing about it for me is the 80s vibe, like the fluorescent sort of, like frontal bit. It, it looks, looks amazing. Cool. It it's looks not cool. Just that. It also has an LED strip here. You can't see it because oh, it's breathing. Night Rider. It's breathing. Exactly. Night Rider. It's, it's and you can, the wrong way around. <laughs> and you can set it up to react to music or sounds. So I guess you won't be able to see it, but other people will see this light like moving like uh, no, I think that, that's music. one of the most important features. I think that's very much needed on the Pimax as well. But no, that's brilliant. Yeah. The, the only thing is though, is that for me, it all falls down when it's. I, I want to know about the Fresnel lenses. What, what are they like? What's the sweet spot like in comparison Good. to say? Because I'm thinking here, I'm not thinking Reverb G2, I'm thinking Pico Neo 3 Link. Um, what is it like in comparison to that because of the, the price as well? You know, you know, actually, um, it, it's great that you bring up the Pico Neo 3 Link. They are obviously very similar, right? Yeah. The Pico Neo 3 Link also has that um, Quest 2 display, the same thing. It also has display port. So they are very comparable. They are nearly the same, but without the standalone stuff, which means like, um, I believe you, for example, you don't really need that standalone stuff. So I don't think you need the battery there, right? So you get a Pico Neo 3 Link without the battery and therefore it is lighter. So honestly, I really believe for people who want something like the Pico Neo 3 Link, like in Europe, you can get it, but they don't care about the they don't care about the standalone stuff and would prefer to have a lighter headset with a bigger FOV. Yeah, the the, the DPVRE4 is your option. It's a great option. I'm really surprised by this headset. 
And the yeah, the 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 sweet spot is good. It's very comparable to Pico Neo 3 Link. But did you sorry, did you mention yeah. in terms of the resolution, is it sort of Quest 2-ish? Did, did I hear one of you say it's that? It's the same display like in the Pico Neo 3 Link and in the Quest 2. It's the same thing. So how does that compare though to the say the G2? Obviously, it's not going to look as sharp, but obviously, then the sweet spot's going to be larger. So you've got that, and it's a headset that's still being produced, unlike the G2, which is going to yeah. be discontinued fairly soon. So I, I mean, I, to think about. I mentioned that in my review. Does it mean you didn't watch it, Steve? Yes, <laughs> I, I, I got you. Okay, we are not watching each other's video in so this bad. podcast. Come on, that is bad. No. Okay, yeah, so I did yeah. compare it to the G2. So. In the okay. sharpest in the sharpest point, the G2 has a sharper image, but yeah, just like the Pico Neo 3 Link, I would still prefer actually now the the DPVRE4 because it has the more consistent image over the whole okay over the whole field of view. The edge stretch clarity is great, so yeah, you have just like a, a more consistent and bigger FOV picture quality. That makes sense because yeah. even even for me. I prefer using the Pico 4 wired than I do the G2, even though the G2 is still sharper in that center point. It's it that is, overall yeah. display that looks better. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. The, okay. the sweet spot then wins. Sweet spot for mm. the win. Right. So cool. it, it is a pretty attractive choice. Mm -hmm. But there's also more negatives to be talked about. Like the audio, I, I found it um, disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 really. <laughs> Great. Did you also have that feeling, Tatiana? Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, like what? Like how? Yeah. how I, 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 you know, sometimes I'm really wondering what's going on with these headset manufacturers. Uh, who is the person who 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 says, okay, this? quality is good enough like who who will give that check mark like okay let's sell it like this to people uh, nobody will find out maybe I, I, I don't get it i don't know but maybe they just were hoping that most people would be using them with headphones because it has yeah, you but, know where you connect the headphones here right here yes, and yes that's but oh, yeah you're right but then also that's also what dpvr told me like yeah 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 you know what just use headphones and <laughs> yeah okay but, but but no like yeah. yes you can put the you can put the 3.5 millimeters headphone jack there in the back but it's also the position is not great right it's at this mm -hmm. hub you know uh so i i recommend no people who want this headset and who are going to buy it i recommend them to buy wireless headphones like I, I'm using the Barracuda X from Razer, which have that dongle. You put the dongle into your PC, and then you have lag-free audio, right? Not not Bluetooth audio, lag-free audio with a dongle, which is good, and that is needed in my opinion. Well, I was mm -hmm. unhappy about the audio. This is such well, a nice headset, right? In that case, <laughs> they should include the the headphones in the box. <laughs> all like um, this, yeah, all like this. That it's not um, up, you know, up to the quality that they are striving. That they should provide something to make up for that. Um, like in, you know, PSVR two doesn't have audio whatsoever in their headset, and they provide yeah. little earbuds. So. Exactly, and, and that works for me actually. That works for me. I, I'm okay with it, even though it's not perfect. But I'm okay with it. Also, yeah. also, though I found it's still not perfect in terms of tracking. So sometimes when I would stay still and yeah, just um, observe, <laughs> see what's going on <laughs> with the tracking, I would see there's still some uh, tracking issues, some mm. micro stutter I felt. It's, it's not st yet perfectly 
um, yeah, calibrated or it's not still perfect. Did hmm. you also see that? Actually, no, I, I don't okay. think I have seen that. Um, I, I have tried more, I guess I did pay more attention on the controller tracking as well. Okay. You how did it go? How did that work for you? Amazing. Uh-huh. Okay. Same here. Same <laughs> Amazing. Here. Again, no I played I played uh some rhythm games on Hard and Expert and I I was getting these high scores that I normally get and I didn't notice. Like again, it was weird because of the controller vibrations, you know, the inconsistency. Uh -huh. I would hit okay. something, sometimes I wouldn't get the vibration or it would come late. I'm like Oh shoot! Like, did I, did I miss a block or something? Because that's usually why you didn't get the vibration. But then I look at my score and I still have the streak. So I'm like, okay, so the tracking actually worked. I, everything I hit, it counts it. So the tracking is awesome, and that that is a great thing for for the controllers. But they just need to to fix the controller vibrations. But okay. in games that are not rhythm based, right? That that kind of tracking. Um, uh, is uh, that kind of vibration, I guess, is not as crucial. It shouldn't bother you too much. But right. if I didn't have any um, issues playing Beat Saber and Expert with these controllers, then uh, any other games will, will be just perfect. Nice. It's interesting how we find different kind of uh, like little flaws. Like for me, I didn't even feel the problem with the, with the vibration. It felt okay to me. But yeah, also the controller tracking was great, totally agreed. But yeah, again, like um, the, the tracking of the headset was still not perfect. But they, mm -hmm. well, they told me they can fix it and they have like bi-weekly updates. But well, they do have to fix it. So DPVRE4, if you're watching this, I will recheck it. <laughs> I think all things considered, all the little things that we found, I haven't really noticed any of the deal breakers for me. Yeah, or in game, exactly, agreed. Or something yep. that can be fixed with another software update. I mean, the vibrations, the, this kind of tracking, it's, it's all probably very doable for them. Just not the IPD problem. So we need yeah. big and small IPD and people audio, to check it I don't out. know about audio. <laughs> Would they need audio, to put no. in new hardware? Yeah. They, so that's, no. But again, <clears throat> not the complete deal breaker, I would say. Right. Like if there was something yeah more serious like the, the software glitches incompatibility with games that would be yeah. a lot more maybe serious or lengthy to fix but yeah positively yeah. surprised cool positively surprised what, by what the dpvr4 yeah what's the software like because as you say tatiana it's a good point you've made about it being very accessible yep. because anybody's first vr experience has to be a good one otherwise you remember it uh of course as being negative but in terms of the software, is it like a little sort of interface that goes to between Steam VR and and the, and the interface, or is it is it just yeah, yeah it's simple? A, it's a it's an app called DP VR Assistant. Cool. Uh, as soon as you fire it up, you know you it shows you step by step how to connect everything, um, so you don't have to wonder or read through the manual. The the app literally shows you everything, and as soon as everything is set up. Uh, there is a literal button that says Steam. <laughs> so right. you click it and it runs Steam VR right simple. away. Super simple. Very simple. And okay. I always review headsets from the perspective of a new VR user because I have. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, my my channel is mostly curated towards in 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 encouraging as many people as I can to try VR for the first time and get into it. So I, I can get technical, but I always 
try to make sure that my content is accessible to new VR users. So I always take the perspective of someone who has either never tried VR before or is very new to something. Um, and I was very impressed by how easy it was to set up something. Putting myself in the shoes of someone who has never tried PC VR, I think it's just as easy as it as it should be. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Cool. And uh, let me just show it to you. I can just show you how it looks. Ah, the software. Just like, yeah, really, you're right. In my very good review video that you should watch. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> I'll just, yeah, watch. <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, what the software looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks uh, very clean. It's very, it's very clean and simple here for the display. You can set up the, the hertz, right? Oh, 120 hertz. It, it runs on 120 yeah. hertz. 120 yeah, hertz, cool. exactly. Yeah, it's so cool. You can do some, yeah, the brightness, is that... it's, it's super bright. I, I, oh run it at, I run it at 62% um, um, percent because it's so bright. No, that's not enough for me. I got oh, really? it up to like 75. I love oh. me that <laughs> okay. bright display. First time, oh, actually, God. first time I turned it on, you know, first time I, I ran it, it was like the default maybe was 40. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh. Now you can crank it up a lot. So <laughs> a lot more. And I'm glad that it was just the screen brightness that fixed it because uh, I got a bit concerned about the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's so very easy. bright. Yeah. Yeah. That is the DPVR E4. A really positive surprise. Nice. Mm -hmm. Any more questions, Steve, or should we move on now to the Pimax? Probably to move on because we're, okay. we're getting we are, we're getting browsed already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we should crack on with it. I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about the Pimax Crystal. Most of you outside there know it. It's the new flagship headset from Pimax, which people could um, pre-order, and they are now sending out the first headsets. Um, I'm going to get my the 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 mass production unit uh, next week. Um, and Tatiana and Steve, you have already gotten your device. So today I want to hear about your experiences with the Pimax Crystal. And uh, yeah, let's start uh, with uh, Steve. Uh, so how was it? How is it? How is everything going with it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was... Well, you both can course, talk about it. Very excited when I first got it. Um, and I thought the best way I can really sort of showcase my feelings is to just rec press record and then try it out as you know for the first time on camera because i always i always say those raw impressions you don't you can't get them back again um so anything bad anything good was gonna go in the video whether pimax liked it or not sorry but it was going good. in the video i love that and it, <laughs> unfortunately good. yeah it, it, after the unboxing process you know and all that i in terms of the build quality i kind of just say that i was a little bit underwhelmed by it i think I do feel the 8KX uh, is feels better in terms of its build quality than the oh, really? Crystal. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, not by a massive amount, but just yeah. it it does feel a little bit. Um, I'm not going to say cheap. I don't think it feels cheap, but it just I was hoping for a bit more from it, considering it is a premium device. Um, however, I think that's probably because I'm used to the Aero and the Vario Aero. The Aero like, feels better. It, it does, yeah. It, it really does. <laughs> like in terms of build quality, you know, like yeah, yeah it's yeah. and just that desirability. You know also, I mean? index feels also better. Yeah. yeah. Also, G two. <laughs> For quite a lot, then really. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It. You know, I, I do. I really think they they are on the road to getting better, but they're not yeah. there yet in terms of how it, how it feels. Yes, absolutely. But you know, glossing over that 
point of view. Um, I was really excited to, to try it, but it, my headset just did not want to start. I had all sorts of issues with it uh, straight away. Um, so I, I reached out to Pimax and, you know, yes, they was available to me because I'm a YouTuber. So, uh, you know, there was, there was talking to me, it was midnight in China and they was helping me out, but that's not going to be like that for you guys buying it. So I was very aware that I had a lot of issues to start with, with it. And I mentioned that in my review. In fact, it's quite funny because my first impressions of me unboxing it, I was wearing a, a t-shirt or whatever. And then when I was like, right, now we're going to try it. I'm wearing different clothes because it was a different day. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's really good. But, and I, I said that in the video. I thought it was quite funny. Like, I'm looking completely different in the next part of the, of the video. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I remember <laughs> that part. Yeah, I was yeah, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, I had a beer and everything. I, I You know, joking. But anyway, so I thought, oh, damn, that's annoying. Of course, that's not great. Um, but then when I finally did get it working, <laughs> I was like, right, let's go for it. And I admit, okay, I admit, I love the arrow. I, I do. And I didn't want this to look better than the arrow. It does look better than the arrow. It does. Agreed. And I, I, I was kind of annoyed to say that because I wanted to disagree with you, Seb, because you've been telling me all along, Steve, <laughs> it's better than the, it looks better. No, it doesn't. I don't believe you. It does. <laughs> And there's a lot of factors for that. I'm glad that you saw it yourself now. No, yeah. So, yeah, so, we, we so were looking is... forward for you to try it because we're yeah. like, yeah. So, dear Vario, this is not about bashing you. We also no, we really not, love we love the arrow, and it, it has so many good things going for it, right? But well, we have to admit, there's now a headset that is sharper than the arrow. Yeah, and it it's not to do with <clears throat> the crazy over resolution, because I think. I'm not sure if this is intentional. I'm sure it's not, but um, the Pimax is reporting a high resolution, like a crazy high resolution in OpenXR and SteamVR, which makes your performance dead. It, even my 4090 was getting 20 frames per second. So once I'd realized that eventually, after my first impressions video, I had to post something straight away, like a two minute video of me sort of using it at the same sort of resolution values as the arrow. And even then, it's still sharper than the arrow. And that, a lot of that is because of the yes. um, field of view. Everything feels so much bigger. And it, you, I don't know, it just fills your vision just a bit more. But also, of course, the obvious thing is the QLED panel. Those colors absolutely pop out like crazy. I, I was very, very impressed with that. Um, like, for instance, this little panel here, like all the, the dark bits would be beautifully pitch black. And then all the writing would just really come out. And I've, I've actually posted a video tonight of me flying at nighttime. And with the local dimming as well as the QLED together, it's a winning combination. And I think even maybe the glass lenses are having something to do with it. I don't know, because I'm using the one I've got is got glass lenses. Uh, I just feel like, yeah, it's damn, it's it's amazing. It's the best visuals in VR to date. Um, so and then when I was doing when I was experiencing that, all of those other niggles and problems fell to the back of my mind until the next time I tried it and it didn't work again. However, I've had a firmware update a couple of, well, no, was it today? No, yesterday. It was, it was yesterday morning. Yeah, it was actually then, yesterday, yes. It was yesterday, <laughs> wasn't it? And yeah. since then, I, I've had no issues at all. And I've, I've used it for six hours. Oh, the firmware yesterday. update worked and did not break the device? Well, for me, but then <laughs> I'm for guessing. For me, is the right. key word here, Steve. Um, <laughs> for me. <laughs> this is where the problems lie you see it's it's such a a, a personal experience and if the firmware it is it, i hold my breath when i update the firmware on the pimax because i have had a headset brick before i'm guessing that's what's happened to you so that, that that's my impressions of it so far but overall 
can I just quickly say that I think overall it's a very ambitious headset for the price, like £1,200, that's basically what it's going to be for British pounds, for a headset that has aero quality, inside-out tracking, audio, um, wireless capability. I don't like the battery, by the way. We'll get into that maybe later. I'm not keen on the battery life. Uh, sorry, the battery in, in general. But overall, oh, my God, it's, it, the display is so good that I, I am loving it now. I am really enjoying it. I really am. It's brilliant. And I think if they can sort out those niggles, it is superb. And yeah, Lars has just said to me, don't forget the frame rate. The frames on it, the FPS, the performance is the same as the Aero guys. Honestly, that first impressions video is because the resolution is, is reported as far too high. But once you take it down, which I, I've worked out how to do it, I can do a tutorial on that before you get your Pimaxes. Uh, you know, I can. it's very easy. You just use OpenXR Toolkit, override the resolution, get it down to the what it should be. I'm getting 60 frames per second with obviously a 4090, but that's yeah. about the same as the Aero. Um, I did that through the lens footage at the Pimax headquarters of yeah, uh, and that was, that was 50. Well, was you were using Steam VR though, and but. there was okay, but that was already so good at 50. I loved the, the experience at 50 already. Yeah, the fact you was using Steam VR and you're getting 50 odd frames per second is even better because yeah. I'm using Pimax XR, which should be better in performance anyway. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. Anyways, but, now. <laughs> Tatiana, tell us about your uh, experience. Your face is it all? I see. Yeah, your face, your face is it, it speaks, <laughs> ready to it let speaks leash. a lot already. <laughs> Here we wow. go. It's coming. Okay. It's coming. First of all, let me tell you why my experiences or my raw reactions, which I did not record, um, were different from C's. I have tried Pimax Crystal before. So in terms of oh, clarity. Yes, of you know, the, the visuals, the FOVs, the local dimming. I have already had that first kind of a honeymoon phase of when I made a video and then I made another one, um, you know, after the roadshow and then after CES when I said, oh, my gosh, this is the king of clarity. I literally have a, I literally titled my video like that because I thought that that is the best visual clarity that you can see in virtual reality consumer has it to date like that is exactly what steve said so this is all valid and i'm standing by that like this is this is true <laughs> like it, it is what you can expect from this headset but when i received it here in my studio i you know i i wouldn't be focusing as much on that because i've already known what to expect from this headset in terms of its visuals my main goal to review this headset was exactly the things that steve and myself had issues with and that is of course set up um if you check my channel you'll see that there is no crystal video yet on my channel even though i've already had it for well, since I came back to content creation, I think maybe almost a week. Oh, wow. Okay. And Steve, I haven't watched your videos yet. That's fine. <laughs> wow. honestly. It seems like we're all not watching <laughs> our videos. Because That's bad. I was you're, you're... way too involved. <laughs> I was working on setting up Pimax and making it work uh, pretty much every day since then. And I was not watching anybody's videos. <laughs> 
feel free to if you have problems Tatia reach out to me because oh I yes can uh, I, I also sometimes. have you know just like you said we are content creators we are reviewers it's in Pimax's best interest to provide us with all the support that they have so I have an ongoing communication with them but the fact that every day I have a like almost a word document of things that I am dealing with to send them as a as a feedback says a lot and um essentially i'm i'm trying to give it more time because i'm you know again if you check my channel i kind of have a more more of like a shorter form polished a comprehensive video review i i normally don't make multiple videos on the same thing i kind of pull it up in one package and that's why it takes longer because i'm just simply not ready to prepare that package um, because I still don't think that I have everything set up in a way that it should be working. And I will not be sharing too many thoughts about it, but I will just say many things did not and do not work the way they are supposed to. Uh, and the way I experienced them in the roadshow and at the CES, because then the environment was controlled. And yeah. the habit was already preset. So all I had to care about is checking the visuals and how well they work. And second time, how well the controller tracking was working, which is still, you know, great. But in terms of setting it up and making things work and making things connect and track and be consistent um, with the gaming performance, again, just coming from GPVR and all the nice things that I said about it, I cannot say those things about Pimax Crystal. But it's interesting um, because what, like, what is the with, actual problem? Sorry, uh, what what problem do you have right now? Because they I okay. also had a unit in Taiwan, right? And well, I also had initial problems that they then fixed, but then I could basically use it very nicely with everything I wanted. Okay, I, I can share a couple. So, in my studio, in my I guess my place, right here in my studio, I have a computer. This one has RTX 3090 Ti. Yes. My backup computer that's in a different room has 3080. Okay. Yep. Both of them would work great for PC VR games, right. regardless of the headset. Um, Pimax Crystal refused to connect to my main computer. Ah, okay. To that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. The HDMI would simply not get recognized. And okay. uh, I was told that somehow the the connection strength is very very weak on this particular graphics card what 3080 3090 ti what 3080 has no issues no 3080 it's connected so what what uh, it's about the gpu it's about the gpu not about the the power of the gpu it's about the it's gpu about the GPU. yeah so ah, okay interesting um and they shipped me a DP, like a display port repeater. So it's uh, like a little device that boosts that connection. Um, so first of all, if this is a known issue for them, they should include it in the box. If this is the, an issue with this particular GPU, the, which is a good GPU, it's a great the, GPU. 3090 Ti. 3090 Ti. Yeah, well, the G2 doesn't run on that. 
They're what, what does the, it work the on? Revo, the Revo G2 often doesn't run on the 3090 Ti. Do they so, provide some kind of a, a receiver or something? No, no, because it no, obviously, because when the G2 came out, the 3090 Ti wasn't out by then. Okay. But there okay. is something about that GPU that has a problem with some VR headsets. Well, I'm not I'm not vouching for Pimax on this or anything, okay. but there is for whatever reason, that GPU has a bit of an issue with the G2. So I find that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Now it's that is up. something that I had to discover. As a user, No, you know, nobody told me. There is no disclaimer yeah. that would say something like that. But furthermore, to, third, to my computer with 3080, it did connect, and then it didn't connect, and then it connected. And then didn't connect again. I got that one. So it just, it just kept being it just kept the this inconsistency, inconsistency in performance that just like, okay, so I can't just pray to the God of VR that this time it's going to connect to my 3080. So when I received this repeater, I use it on my 3080. And now I have no issues. You have new issues or no issues? No, I have now I, with the connection, it pretty much gets, yeah, it's uh, gets connected every time. Okay. However, one of, you know, a couple of times I had to switch a display port to a different one. So the issues are so random and they are so unpredictable that it makes this headset kind of a gamble to set up. And I have two computers with two great GPUs that work with other houses that I have, but have these multiple issues with Pimax. And, and this is only one issue that I'm willing to tell you. And I've spent many days trying to make it work. So yeah, I know that this there's, is frustrating. there's a large community, you know, that, you know, that I have that actually <laughs> actively asking me when, when and am I going to release my Pimax Crystal Review? And this is probably the first time this is the, the the first time that I have to delay this review because I if I if I do a review now, it's just not going to be a good one. Just just put it out there. I would because the people need to know about it. I, uh, I I I will talk about these things, and there are other things to talk about. I try to give them a fair chance to fix what they can fix. But even with like, okay, let me try just one thing. I tried several games and right before this show, actually, maybe three hours before the show, I wanted to try uh, a flight simulator. So the Microsoft flight simulator. It looked like it worked for you, Steve, because you made a video about it. It looks phenomenal. It's the best of the best. You know, but... obviously I have got a 4090 though, which is a, a hugely different card to a 3090 Ti. It's, it's like, 150% more power, you know, it's a massively different card. Uh, like a 3090 Ti, it's kind of annoying you've got that, really, because it's a it's a great car, don't get me wrong, but it's also really awkward for VR, so I do think that's that's the problem there, but especially now it's working on a 3080, but you no, still no, no. should be able to work but, it on a 3080. But I'm not even talking about the performance. Again, we are talking about setup. Yeah, the G2 doesn't even connect to a 3090 Ti. I don't even actually, can't switch it on with a I with tried that it with my 3080 and I connected it and I could see the cinematic mode of the, you know, the, the Microsoft Flight Sim. Okay. And and the app would say that the headset is not detected. So I couldn't play did it you, in VR. But oh, did, I... you, did you set up like OpenXR to run in, for, in Steam VR? Like in the Steam VR advanced settings, you have to set it up to use OpenXR through Steam through Steam VR. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that. Well, do yeah. I have to set it up for every headset? Because yes, I that's for it. every for every single headset you have to do that. Separate. It has, so it has nothing a... to do with Pimax. Well, I because it did run on other headsets, so I and I didn't have to do it for a. I didn't have to repeatedly do it for other headsets. Okay. Now, like, for instance, it? I have like like Seb. I've got like a wall of headsets now, and every time I use a different headset, I have to make sure that the runtime okay. is 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 communicating with that headset. If that makes sense. So, like with the G two, it's Windows Mixed Reality. With like Pico, it's uh, um, you know, and uh, Airlink. Bloody virtual <laughs> desktop Steam VR, <laughs> and then obviously Pimax XR. That's a, that's it, no. It's, this is good though because you, you've got on one side me and Seb who are quite techy. We know these things, and then not to say you don't Tatiana at all, but mm -hmm. it, people are going to buy this headset with you know from different levels of experience. And people are, they, yeah, they, they will go. They will have this issue. Yeah, many people have asked me about exactly this. Like, uh, yeah, how do I get uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator running in my VR headset? And then I always tell them, okay, go to Steam VR. Go to advanced settings and say that yes, use OpenXR with SteamVR, and then normally it will work. Mm. So um, I, I, I take again sticking to the angle of someone who is trying to figure this out for the first time. I'm finding other issues. Again, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take all the time of the of the podcast to talk through them all, but it, some of them have to do with the specific game performance, like this particular game. Controllers don't work properly in this particular game. The headset keeps like going backwards on its own without me moving. So really? there are, yes, <laughs> there are strange things that are happening and they are happening in different games uh and you can't really predict what's going to happen next and it's it's kind of driving me insane <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah i've but... questioned some of my life choices and again <laughs> it's not in the official review yet none of this is yeah. i'm i'm giving it time i'm giving them a fair chance to address them but as i'm finding them i'm communicating with them I'm still an, a tester. I think still think that I'm like an early adopter of this headset. There is a chance that because of the feedback that I'm giving them, they, uh, you know, users who will receive this headset who have pre-ordered it will get a better experience. But it is, it, it is. <laughs> I don't remember a headset that would take me as much time to review it as Pimax Crystal. <laughs> You know what? I I totally understand it, and I must agree with Tatiana. Like, I I, I saw it from you. You communicated with me, and um, it feels like there is completely no onboarding from Pimax with these headsets. It seems like they're just sending them out to uh, content creators like like us, and then we receive a box, and now we have to figure it out by ourselves from from how everything works. And uh, I did. Um, I gave I feed I gave I gave this this feedback to to Pimax like okay, guys, you must like onboard the content creators and also obviously in the future like like the customers like in the right way like what what, sof what software should we install now and how does everything exactly work right yeah. you cannot just like send yeah. it out and then expect the customers. To, to figure out everything by themselves because it's fr really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And also for the for the crystal, for the earlier crystal that I got in Taiwan, it was it, it just the same. I got the thing, it worked in the first beginning, 
Then there was a firmware update. And boom, in the middle of the firmware update, it stopped and it was bragged again. So then uh, it took like a couple of days for them to fix it. They had to go on my computer um, like remotely and then it worked. But the, yeah, the, the onboarding, it was really bad. So so mm -hmm. I, I gave that feedback recently after I saw that the, the same thing happened with, with you and Steve. I gave them this feedback and mm -hmm. I hope they understood it. And I hope for the next content creators and for consumers that this onboarding process is going to get better. Well, it's in their best interest because imagine, you know, we're getting the testing units for free. We, it's in our, you know, we, it's our job basically to review them. We are having a hard time, but we have the patience. Yeah, that's the point. Go through it. It is something that we do. A paying customer <coughs> will have no patience. Yeah, and but even our will, patients will, will run be, out. Yeah, and they will, true that, and they will be a lot more vocal about these issues. Like I'm, 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 I'm having a really hard time holding back. You know, not, not making a a, a very ridiculous ranting video, even in this, you know, podcast. I'm, I'm giving you some information about what I'm dealing with, but there are other things that I'm <clears> working through. And uh, yeah, a regular user will go on every social platform, on every yeah. subreddit, and will yell as loudly as possible. That's the that point. It's not Ex working. Ex exactly, exactly. So they're missing this kind of like really good onboarding, right? Mm -hmm. like, like this, okay, this is how it exactly works. I think, I don't know, it's, it's just not good enough. And um, yeah, hopefully they understood. I believe they understood my message loud and clear. That's what I. That's what the feeling that I got. And now um, I'm also receiving that the mass product unit, the unit that the consumers are going to get. And now I already felt like okay, now they um, uh, a person that is especially there for onboarding me sent me an email before. Okay, Sebastian, you're going to you're going to get this. Here's a tracking number and here's a PDF document with these things which are in the box. These things are working. These things are not working. You can always connect with me. So it seems like they understood it, <laughs> right? But it's very it's super unfortunate that it didn't happen directly like this for you, Tatiana. Well, and also for for you, Steve, right? Well, again, some of these are onboarding issues. Some of these are literal like, compatibility issues. So some, yeah, of, yeah, of course. Yeah. Also, like the thirty seven, thirty seventy, thirty ninety Ti didn't doesn't work. Well, didn't work with the Vario Aero either. Yeah, that's there was, a problem, there, was, yeah. There, was, there was so many headsets that didn't work with it. Didn't but I work have with. been, but I have been mostly testing it on thirty eighty. Yeah, because well, like, I've been waiting for the repeater and I haven't had it. So most of the testing was done on my 3080. So of course I had to like, you know, lowering some of the quality settings, but still it would, it would run. Like it's not a headset that doesn't, that's not, it's not a, a GPU that's not strong enough for a crystal. It's, it's strong enough. Um, it's not. There were just some, they Sorry, told me it is. They no, told it's me not. like, yeah, it should work. Now I think 4070, 4080 is minimum. Okay. What does it say about crystal? And let's let's just, it's okay, a high-end headset it's a high-end headset what does it say about crystal if my 3080 and 3090 ti i have two good graphics card and none of them can actually allow me to test finance crystal what does it well what does I, it say about this headset? yeah well i must say um 
3080 should work. Like I, I tested it on a mobile 3080, and I, I could use it. It was not great. Okay. Obviously, it was really not, not good enough. It was a laptop with 3080, right? I have, I have an actual. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a new so, computer, Seb? For this, have you got a computer ready for the crystal? Or are you going to use it on I, your laptop? I'm no, no, no. I, I have a a, a 3080 here right now. Okay. I will, I will try it on the 3080 as well. And then I'm also going to test it on a 4090. I'm looking forward to knowing what it's like. In fact, everyone wants to know my channel at the moment. What is it like with a 3080? I don't yeah, have a 3080. I will, I will tell you. You will have. <laughs> yeah, I will, yeah. yeah. I actually want to know what it, what MSFS, what, you know, and all the rest of it, how they work with a 3080. Yeah. I don't think it will be that great. But you'll definitely have to lower the resolution. It won't work at native resolution. Right. I don't think. Yeah. I, I suppose though that those people who 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 really pay like two thousand euros for this headset, exactly, they are most probably those enthusiasts that have a forty ninety. Of course, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I would say so. Mostly, yeah, but, anyway. But you know, it, but it's so unfortunate that um, Tatiana and also me in the beginning we had these kind of um, problems, right? <laughs> I mean, this is really. And Pimax must must uh, be m much more careful, I think, and the onboarding has to be much better. You know, I, th I think I think uh, Tatiana for sure has told them that she has a thirty ninety, or they should ask her, "Hey, Tatiana, what kind of GPU are you going to use?" And then Tatiana tells them, "Hey, I have a thirty ninety Ti," and then they must directly tell Tatiana, "Hey, there's lots of problems with this card for VR." And then she doesn't need to spend like two days trying it. You, you're right, Tatiana. Yeah, I, honestly, <laughs> I do. I know. I really feel for you, Tatiana. I, really, I feel the frustration because I know how how I felt just with my little problem I had, and I was I was so annoyed. And it, it, that that yeah. was a whole day I wasted. Because if I even messaged you, right? yeah, I messaged um, you, Seb, and said, "I really want to get this video out, but I can't because of this problem." Yeah. And I, I, even I couldn't fix it. And I'm a tech geek, so. It is, it is a problem. So it it yeah. is probably the most frustrating thing about it is exactly that. Because I I have a full-time job, right? So I work eight hours a day already. Seb's uh, a YouTube On top of that, I just relax. You know, for those of you who don't know, I'm seven months pregnant. I'm getting tired. Easy. Yeah, of course. I have my channel that I, I love dearly, but sometimes I have very little energy to work on it. And the hours that I do have to work on the content to go on my channel are precious and they're limited. And they're mostly weekends because after work, you know, after eight hours of work, it's just really hard to get yourself to test hardware. If I have to spend two or three hours solve some issues that I shouldn't be dealing with, like I shouldn't be dealing with the connection problems. I, I totally get it. It just gets me so discouraged from going on with the review. <laughs> and it makes me so, you know, jealous because, like, there's a video from Steve. He only made three. Oh, my yeah, God. I, I still <laughs> can't even get five to work. I so, will put them out as well soon as well. Yeah, hurry up. So, yeah, no, seriously, Tatiana, please let me know. I if, totally if you get want it, any, any issues, I could probably solve them for you. There's a couple of pieces of software that might actually help you uh, get the runtime <laughs> yeah. sorted, get the resolution sorted. And then get get that video up and running for you because I reckon maybe that's that just finding the right resolution. I did lower all the way for you know for my thirty eighty. Maybe there needs to be more, but yeah, there's just so much tinkering that I was like praying that 
uh, Crystal wouldn't have the same issues that 8KX had in terms of setup. So far, it looks like I'm, I'm kind of going through the same thing, wasting a lot of time um, and just not, uh, yeah, not getting their results, not not even getting enough uh, opportunity to create that content because that's just, yeah, just basic setup is taking forever. By the way, <laughs> yeah, hi, so, Gordon. We were just talking about you earlier in the exactly. <laughs> Hello, yes. we did talk about you <laughs> so no, you in, in a very positive way. <laughs> to go back to the side quest part. We do mention you, Guy. <laughs> yeah, just to say, actually, that is yeah, a good exactly. point. When I said about the 408049, I'm thinking from my point of view, a flight simmer, because like DCS, Microsoft Flight Simulator, they are beasts. They are the crisis of our generation. So you do need, I'm sorry, guys, this is bad news for you, but you're going to need the top GPU for flight sims. But however, for gaming, VR gaming, you probably don't need that. Probably a 3080 is going to be enough to say, play some games. I don't know what Half games. Alex. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even yeah, half like that. It worked on my it worked on my mobile 3080. Yeah, it it's, just, nice. it's, it's just so the, optimized, right? It's just the, the heavy revolution. flight sims. Right, yeah, it's just right. the heavy flight sims that you're gonna need that beast of a card. Yeah. But however, I am really intrigued to see what it's gonna run like on a 3080. I'm getting a new computer soon from Stormforce that I'm gonna get like a budget computer, and I'm gonna try the Pimax crystal on that anyway. Yeah. But I think I think you'll you'll get that there first, uh, Seb. So yeah. Yeah, I will, cool. I will, I will see how good is a thirty eighty with this machine, and then compare it with forty ninety. But anyways, I can absolutely, totally understand Tiana's frustration. And for me, it was like I, I had to be super, super patient when I received the device until it worked, and then I, I just let the Pimax engineers do their things remotely, and I went out to eat. But yeah, if I was in Tatiana's position. <laughs> In a similar position, and then pregnant as well. Yeah, yeah pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at my be very beer belly, it, my <laughs> wife tells me, "Oh, you are." Actually Where's your beer tonight, pregnant. Sam? I've got mine. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, anyways, I understand it. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Pimax must get absolutely better with that. I really hope that Tatiana, you will get it working somehow, and you can actually test it and get some videos out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hopefully. so Steve said that once he got to work, you know, all those little setup kind of hiccups went to the back of his it, head. It will, it will, once you for see me, it. For me, it's, so far, it's been the other way around because I did get some games to I run. Like, for example, Half-Life Alex. that's probably the only game I tried that had no performance issues or no, like, weird um, hiccups, <laughs> you know, strange, strange performance kind of uh, anomalies. And uh, yeah, that was nice. But okay. the frustration I had with the setup overpowered. For me, it okay. overpowered all the positives from the from the visuals that I was getting. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's it's yeah. a fact. And it's need, it's need, it needs to be said. And that is good. That is really good. Just to say that I have just if you want to see what it looks like with the 4090, just go over to my channel and just that is probably the best VR footage I've ever ever taken. Uh, or recorded, uh, and it's with the crystal because the performance on it is absolutely amazing. And for some reason, I think it might be because of the it's a heavier headset. Um, the movement is nowhere near as bad. It looks like I'm using Track IR or something. It's that beautifully smooth. So it it, it is. Once you get it dialed in, it's amazing. But it's still very much beta at the moment, and uh, I really really hope they can get those issues sorted out. But I think Pimax has always always been that sort of high end 
level um you know prosumer device and but they are trying to sort of step away from that a little bit and try and be more plug and play especially with the wireless capabilities you know so i really do hope that they get those things sorted out but i was quite surprised when i got my headset and i got nothing with it no uh, setup no nothing just a headset and i thought yep, okay right it. and that's yeah let's go for it yeah <laughs> I, got, I, got a I was a bit confused oh. <laughs> yes exactly that's pretty much it yeah i did as i told you i i gave them this feedback very sternly and uh, i do hope it's going to get better in the future for the next content creators that, that are going to get it and let's see let's see yeah pimax you you gotta improve it, it's such a promising headset i truly believe that this is going to be the headset uh, for enthusiasts right like uh once it's running it's great and um it's very it's, comfortable it's, it's as fantastic. well by the it's, way. it's it's a really beautiful headset and the best visuals with a nice fov so yeah it is great, but um, yeah. it's so but sad to have that problem. Yeah, it's just, it's too bad because it is the best graphics you can find in the consumer VR. It is more affordable than uh, Vario Aero. Why not? Just like, okay, guys, we let's make this comprehensive guide. We will include the most amazing exactly. games, the setup for every game, information about every uh, GPU, uh, you know, what kind of issues problem. people may exactly. expect. Like, if they assemble a team of like one person or two people, they can write that guide in a day. It's really not that hard. If it's all about onboarding, they can solve these issues with one little PDF document. And this but would have solved so much of your frustration. It would. Right? Right? I mean, just this information, if you just directly got it, if, if, um, like, if there was directly the information, hey, be careful, if you have a 3090 Ti, you might have issues like with other headsets. They have I've the same already, Boom! Yeah, you would feel better, right? You I've wouldn't even have tried so them. long. I've already provided them with probably <laughs> most Damn. of the information that they need to include in that FAQ PDF document. And they can just turn it into an FAQ like Note 1, Note 2, GPU, um, you know, game settings, resolution settings. Just create that freaking document and make the life of your users so much easier. Okay. I'm going to send this podcast to the Pimax people with timestamps so that they will know. And hopefully everything is going to get better. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it needs to be better. Yeah. Okay. Now we have already talked for two hours and 27 minutes. I believe it's enough now. And yeah, I, I, I still have lots of things to talk about the big screen beyond but you know what i have not even done the video about it on the channel so i'm first going to do that and then next week i'll discuss more about the big screen beyond <laughs> i'm looking forward to you yeah. uh, they're sending me one as well uh but not quite straight away so i'm looking forward to seeing what that's like but yeah, yeah it's that, cool it's cool that is uh, yeah <laughs> it's well cool. I've, cool. I've, I've heard cool. nothing but great things about it at the moment yeah. so not, really not everything intrigued. is great but uh yeah you will you will see on mrtv soon yeah good tatiana how are you doing <laughs> after, <laughs> after after relieving some it's, of that stress to the world good. it feels good i'm happy to finally get it off my chest because you know i've been yeah Keeping it in, it's it's not like it's not in the video yet because yeah. I felt like it would be if I start, it would wow. be hard for me to stop. <laughs> you know what? I, I get that. When I was reading your message on Discord, I could feel 
Wow, you really had this frustration. I could feel it through this chord <laughs> just through text, like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just rest assured, like, mine is working perfect now. I have to say, I've yeah. had no issues with it in two days. Mine I know two now, days, yeah. but I do, I've used it a lot in those two days. I've had no issues with it. And um, it's actually becoming one of my main, it's actually probably almost my favorite headset. The only reason why it isn't is because I've had a thousand hours now of use in the Vari Aero. So I, so that the crystal needs to prove itself to me now. But if I, it is my favorite headset in terms of the wow factor. It's amazing. So just, just so stick at it and eventually you you'll love it. Stick let me it. ask you, which games have you tried? Have you tried, uh, I, I mean, I know you tried Microsoft Flight Sim. Is there anything else you <laughs> Well, I'm laughing because, well, it's me, isn't it? I tried DCS World and MSFS, uh, Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. That is it. So two, okay. the two big heavy hitter flight sims. Because I've, okay. I've only had it for five days so far. Okay. Well, uh, let me... I just tried. like a little challenge for outside of the podcast. Uh, run a little app called Aircar. Aircar, okay. And Air, you know Aircar, Sebastian, do you? I, I know. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's less than a gigabyte probably. It's just a little, almost like a demo where you're flying in a nice, like a spaceship in a futuristic city. Cool. Yeah. I'm Try that. I've had a few Crystal. drinks that might be quite interesting. Yeah. Send try. me, send me a link or something to it. Absolutely. And I'll, uh, try I'll try it. Crystal and just let me know if controllers will work for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. I've tried it with, um, yeah, with more, right. With uh, star Wars squadrons, which was, incredible the best about, star wars squadrons experience that i I've ever had that, actually i need to it's it's really great it. it's star wars you're in that tie fighter and well lots of space with the black levels right well. the black it's it's fantastic wow. it was, i was yeah. like so blown away and uh, yeah i loved it that was really amazing also i tried really dangerous with it the same mm. thing space oh, right yeah. okay uh dark blacks and uh, all the other stuff looked fantastic Great. Like people, who, there. Pe people who love Elite Dangerous are going so going to dig that, right? The, the real black level, <coughs> levels. Then uh, I tried um, Automobilista 2. It was, I was blown away. You know, I'm, I'm not even like a, a racing sim fan. I got, I, I became a racing simmer, sim fan because of GD7, right? In the, in the PlayStation VR 2. But then in that, wow, it, it just felt next level. So yeah, we also need to we need to also stress that it can provide you with amazing experiences. But I, again, I do understand Tatiana's frustration. I totally I totally had that also the same. But um, I can just say um, once it runs, <laughs> then it's gonna be great. I believe mm -hmm. it. I truly believe yeah. it. So. Don't give up yet on it. <laughs> I will not. I will not. I mean, again, it is kind of my job. I am. I'm not. But if it is a user who is paying for this experience, how many users will have the patience to spend two days setting it up to that's get why, there? That's why it's great to have that feedback. And it's, it's super great to be so honest here, right? Um, giving them this feedback. Actually, I hope that this can help them to make this PDF guide. You know, mm -hmm. like they make this PDF guide, not just for creators, obviously, <laughs> but for all the consumers that have bought it so that they can read it and can directly find out, okay, 3090 Ti, there might be problems. And to, uh, yeah, to take uh, two days or three days of frustration from them. Mm -hmm. Right. So I hope uh, if we achieve just this, 
you know, with today's episode of the podcast, I believe it's already a great episode. It, it was already a great episode, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but um, I think yeah, I can. We we do provide value here to Pymex and hopefully to all the consumers in the future. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, I believe that's it. I believe that's <laughs> it for the Next Dimension podcast, season three, episode eighteen. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that 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 pure honesty that comes out of this podcast, right? Positive things, negative things, everything's going to happen here. Not, um, yeah, um, not at all sponsored by any of the headset companies. That's what you get here on the Next Dimension podcast. So if you enjoyed that, give it a thumbs up right now and do leave us a great review, probably on Spotify or on iTunes. So get out your iPhone or your iPad, open the podcast app and find us, the Next Dimension podcast, so that more people can enjoy this wonderful podcast, I might say. And also do leave a comment here for us. And oh, I just walked wow, $20. Thank you so much. Wow, you can shout out the is all. <laughs> well, yeah, I should do that. Yeah, I'm going to buy a beer for you next time. Do you <laughs> so think I'll, the Bitcoin Beyond you could do <laughs> instead of tracking <laughs> with a cell phone, front-facing size cameras? Yeah, they probably could do that. Yeah, but they don't do that because this is a lighthouse headset. Anyways, we will talk about this in the next episode, probably. Right. So. Anyways, going to the end, um, yeah, do leave a comment as well for the algorithm so that YouTube knows, yes, I want to watch two and a half hour long YouTube videos here with rants and with uh, guests and with, oh, with all the goodness. <laughs> that would be amazing. So that's everything that we got for this week and we're looking forward to see you in the next one. Until then, bye-bye. See ya. Cheers.